This week's episode of Here's What I Get is brought to you in part by the TDS WATP crossover event Philadelphia out now on the WATP RSS feed. Check it out. to Here's What I Don't Get, from north to south, east to west, the only intercontinental podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues and the longest consecutively running podcast on the See You Next Tuesday podcast network. I am your host, Tab Bird, and with me today, from Paraguay, it's El Chaco. Hola, me and Chata! Hey, well, man, so you you just got back, like, like you're, you're not even 48 hours back home now. No, I got home uh, not even 24 hours ago, 23 hours ago, basically. Did you fly? Did you drive? How did you do this one? I did, unfortunately, fly to Philadelphia. And it was funny because so I'm on the on the flight out there. I'm sitting in the front row, the bulkhead seat. And, you know, we get up to cruising altitude. Flight attendant gets up. He kind of leans over there. He's like, can I get you folks any drinks? You know, and it's like, I'll take this. I'll take this. And I'll take a Diet Coke. And uh, the guy then goes back around the galley. I hear the sound of the can pop, you know. And I'm like, all right, my soda's going to come in momentarily. And then he sits down in the jump seat by the door and proceeds to sit there for the rest of the flight. <laughs> and and I'm I'm reading my book and I'll like be reading my book and I'll look up and look at him and he'll look at me and we'll just kind of look at each other for a second and then I I go back to my book and then Did finally about Canada <laughs> <laughs> finally about twenty minutes before we land he stands up he comes over to the bulkhead again he goes sorry guys not gonna be able to get you those drinks after all. And it's like, that was 45 minutes ago, man. That was awesome. And then, and then he just sits back down. And I'm like, the balls what, on that what the fuck is awesome. happening? <laughs> I, I My guess is because it was like a little bit of a shaky flight. We were hitting turbulence. My guess is somewhere between taking my order and giving it to me, he mm-hmm. like the, they were like, oh, yeah, don't do the uh, the drink service after all. But, and, but rather than explain that right away, they were like, ah, they'll we'll, it'll be fine in a few minutes. And it just never no. was. Oh, Dude, man. It, it was it was it major turbulence or just like a little bit. It's just it was just a little shaky. I mean, it was it was like imagine driving over a, a road with a few potholes. Yeah, I, I can imagine that very easily. That's 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 my road to get home. And, yeah, and by few potholes, it's a lot of potholes. But man, like I don't get that about um, like I okay, I do get it that you don't want to have like major turbulence when you're serving things and stuff like that. But like they get like super super ultra pussy ish when it comes to just like a little bit of a shake in the sky. And like, I remember when we were flying back to Canada the first time with my son who was still in diapers and like, I had to go and change his diaper. And so I'm like, I'm in line. I get to the thing. I'm opening it up. I'm changing his diaper. And the, the, the turbulence sign comes on or whatever the, the fasten your seatbelt sign. And the lady's trying to get me like, uh, sir, you have to go back there. I'm like, I am not, I'm mid, I'm mid mid shit transfer here. (laughs) Like, this is not the time for me to go back. (laughs) Like, and then she's like, I don't care. And she gave me the, like the sassy, you know, the, the, the sassy, uh, uh, flight, flight attendant. Yeah. The head shake. Like, I don't care what you doing in there. And I was like, I was like, screw just fuck off like it's like yeah. i'm gonna be i'm dealing with this and like 
man, like, okay, flight attendants are going to be a future issue for me at, at some <laughs> point in time. Cause I, I dated one. So I know some inside baseball on how they act, but man, oh man, I, that is a profession mostly filled with complete asshats. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and so fucking full of themselves. So fucking entitled. Oh, they're the fucking captains of the sky, man. And they're they they're the sheriff so of the sky. Much. They yeah. get paid so much to travel and go and, you know, bang people that aren't their partners in other countries. To, <laughs> like to hand you the smallest cup of soda you've ever had. I actually, this last, on my flight back, I oh. kept, I kept the little plastic cup that I was given. Cause I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's like six ounces and I wanted to measure it when I got home. And I, I, I haven't done that yet. Uh, but you know, they, they like pack that fucker with ice and then they pour, you know, four ounces of soda in there so they can mm-hmm. get three servings out of a can. And, uh, yeah, the, on the flight back, I was once again, bulkhead. I think I like it almost more than, um, exit row. Cause it's a little quieter and your first one off and especially Southwest where you can check a bag. Like I have my backpack and it has like my tablet, a charger, a thing, of deodorant, my brush, like, ve- you know, very, very essentials, you know, just the stuff that I kind of need to get on and off the plane. Sometimes yep. I'll put like a single change of clothes in there just in case something gets lost. Um, and so enough. I get on the plane, I throw my bag in the little thing. I'm sitting in the window. Uh, there's a, a guy comes, he sits on the aisle and then we're having a great time. And then this fat black woman comes Every up time. and and she's like, I'm, I'm going to sit here. Can't buckle the seatbelt. She's got a big roller bag. And then she has this like, you know, the reusable grocery bag type deals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later find out just fucking full of snacks, just fucking packed to the rafters full of snacks. (laughs) Yeah. She tries to stuff the roller bag under her, her front seat and the bulkhead. They're like, you can't have anything. You can, you can't tuck anything. Everything has to be in a storage bin. And so she gets up, she can't get anything in these storage bins because they're all full. Cause, mm-hmm. And so then they're like, yeah, you're going to have to put the, that bag at the back of the plane. She's like, I can't put this in the back of the plane. <laughs> then I'm all the way up here and my shit's in the back of the plane. And the guy's like, put your shit in the back of the fucking plane. So I, I think they eventually took the bag from her and put it in the back of the plane. And then right before landing, she's like, I'm going to go get my bag. And he's like, you cannot have a fucking bag in the fucking bulkhead. And I was waiting for her to be like, well, the only person it's going to affect is that guy if there's a fire. And I'm be like, bitch, I'm not dying in a plane fire because you got some fucking bag full of shit. And I'm also, think- I'm also thinking you've got this fucking roller bag. Why didn't you check it? And then I discover the reason why she didn't check it because I saw her as I was Ubering away from the airport. She had two smaller bags that she had apparently checked and she kept that one. Cause they had the wheels. It's like, get a bigger fucking suitcase. Like I have this Amazon basic suitcase that I paid a fucking $20 for $40 for that, I, that like, it's way more than I need for a weekend trip, but it's just like, I just put everything in there. I put my fucking pillow in there and just fucking throw it on. The, hey, make this meet me in Philadelphia. See you later. And I march into the airport and, and I can put my gun in it. <sighs> oh man. You know, yeah. Airline travel in general just sucks. It's like the fucking the worst. worst. Yeah. You know, what's actually like underrated is train travel in Europe. Yeah. In, well, that's because everything's Europe. 10 feet away from everything else. Yeah, It's great. Cause like, you know, you don't know what, 
Yeah, yeah. And but it's not even just that. It's like you don't have to go through all the security crap and they got that Schengen zone. So you can basically like, you know, go from country to country and never get your passport stamped. Like I always laugh about that. I'm always thinking to myself, like, you know, if a, if an international criminal was on the run, you just like go to one of those countries and just randomly just go into another country. They'll never know your where you are. Well, they'll know if your phone or your bank card. But you know, if you're gonna run away from somewhere like the Schengen yeah. zone of Europe. Great idea. <laughs> or Paraguay. Who knows? Um, but uh, uh, man, so but did you run? Um, so you went to the 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 road rage thing. And yeah. uh, did you run into any other like uh, our show related? Uh, yeah, I met um, or? I met old man hound from our discord. I bought I met uh Dealey 18 who you know gave us the he was the spy producer for last week's formatted episode. Oh, and he's here now in the he's, in the yeah, he's chat. in the Great. chat tonight and uh he, he he was the guy that sponsored No Hate November. Oh, thank um, you very much Mr. Delay 18. Yeah, good yeah. good choices. Met him, met Johnny Loves Flat Women in person, uh, met <laughs> Oxmad live stream like it's those events are you know, despite having retired the Matt Cox character, I like to go bring it back for those events because uh, it's fun to meet those fans. It's fun to like, mm-hmm. you know, you get to like see that silliness in person. And um, so and, Buck's yeah, been just, to one. Buck's yeah. been to one, uh, at least one, maybe two. Has he gone to one uh, or two? I know he went to Atlanta. I don't remember. Okay. And then like, has Tim been to any or? Tim has not been Danny. Tim and I were going to go to too many games in 2020, but then it got canceled. That's a video game convention in, uh, in the, that Philadelphia area. Oh, okay. But Tony's been, Tony was at this one and I finally got to meet okay. him in person. Um, you Tony never met was him in person, never met him in person. We've like, we've been in a movie together and, and have, <laughs> we haven't met in person. Uh, so I met him in person. I went over to his studio. We recorded a movie, um, not a movie review for Hack the Movies. I'm not sure when it'll be coming out, but we'll be sure to uh, alert everyone to it when it does hit the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Tony's been to that one. I think he went to Road Rage LA too. And he was at the first Philly live show because he's in that area. Mm. That so. makes sense. Yeah. So you're no. the last host I have to meet in person. Yeah, it'll happen eventually. Maybe I think everybody needs to meet in Mexico. That, that's mm. what, that's what, that's what my, that's what my, my proposition is. I think we all need to meet in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, you know, go, go, go to an all, all, all inclusive resort, kick it for a week and, uh, and, and knock out like a shit ton of bonus content. <laughs> so drive up those Patreon dollars so that, so the tab can come Everything. down to Mexico and we'll get, uh, we'll get Buck and uh, Tim and Tony and everybody come down. So long as Tony's uh, ad revenue doesn't get aced because of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Everything that I make him disavow. <laughs> yeah. He was very quick to the button on the nostalgia tall ad that ran in the last episode. Yeah. But I, th- I yeah. think I finally fixed that so issue feel- on the uh, website, by the way. We shouldn't have any dynamic ads on this episode. So that's mm, fixed. Good. 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 <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, um, on our side of the woods here, uh, my father-in-law has been here for two weeks. Uh, we're taking him back, uh, to Asuncion, uh, tomorrow. And we're gonna stay overnight. We're going to eat at one of those Brazilian churrascarias. Have you, uh-huh. have you ever had, are you familiar that, with the churrascaria concept? Is, 
that where they bring you the like cuts of meat. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and then like, it, it gets so obnoxious cause they just keep coming and you're like, yeah. your, your plate is already full. You're like, dude, like, 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 look at my plate. Like, where are you even planning on putting this? And my son, but you also don't want to say no today is like, and don't they like, you know, you don't, but like where what the system Paraguay at the Brazilian uh, places is they give you the, um, the little green, they give you a little like thing on your, on your table and you can turn it to like a green light or a red light. Mm-hmm. And my son was like, Oh, don't they do that? Like, yeah, they, they, you can put the red light up and they don't come. I was like, yeah, but they, they ignore it. <laughs> like, they just like blow past it and like give it to you anyway. And so, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, oh, uh, it says here. And uh, also Dealey, I think they banned the tiny alcohol bottles, which is pretty lame. Speaking of that, I, uh, tonight I'm drinking Underberg. Uh, so, uh, we, my, uh, my father-in-law is Swedish and there's this, uh, there's this drink that they have. It's actually a Danish drink that they drink, uh, called, um, Aquavit. And you can't, I can't find it here. I can't find it anywhere. So I found, uh, uh an herbal ger- German liqueur and we had extras. So this is what I am drinking tonight is my, is my Underberg. So if we have any Germans in our, uh, in our audience here that are familiar with this, have had this at a family picnic or something like that. Uh, bottoms up. <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm also drinking my heritage. I'm once again consuming the Hochatown Small Batch, the mm. best whiskey made in Oklahoma. That's awesome, man. I got a new whiskey I want to show run by you. I, I, I bought a bottle of uh, what they call Sandy Mac. I don't mm-hmm. know if you can get that up there, but it's all right. Again, our whiskey selections. Uh, not exactly top notch, but it's not the worst either. And it's not, it's not pricey enough for you to like regret anything. So fuck's sake, this cat's been trying also, to get Also, I'm not smoking my pipe tonight. <laughs> We're going to have to deal with some t- technical difficulties tonight. Cause it seems like every so often I get a little lag on my side. Are you getting me in a lag every so often on your side? Yeah, Is it gonna... I, I am. That's okay. weird. So just, We've acknowledged it. It's it's on the record. We know it. So if one of us doesn't laugh at each other's jokes, it's not because it wasn't funny. It's because the delay made it so we missed the punchline. That's the, the, there's the there's the <laughs> obligatory uh, cover my ass uh, disclaimer. So <laughs> uh, so I got uh, there was there's a question ahead. I would do want to answer. It says now that you've met them, saw them both in person. Who is fatter, Vinny or Vito? Vito a hundred percent. So Sunday. I rode with Vito, Mint Salad, and Riley out to Tony's place because he lives like 40 minutes outside of Philadelphia proper. And I guess Vito is staying with Tony to do some bonus content with them together. And uh, so Tony and I do our movie review. We're up in the living room watching TV, and Vito comes downstairs he like he has gone and taken his I think second shower of the day. This is how fat this man is. He's like taking multiple showers a day, and uh, two showers. So <laughs> he's taking them. Two, yeah, that's true. That's probably the reason why he didn't smell as bad as I expected. Um, but he comes down the stairs <laughs> he's and he's just wearing a t-shirt and boxers. And Tony's like, "Hey Vito, you want to put some fucking pants on?" <laughs> and Vito's like, not really. I'm just gonna, you know, just, you know, let it hang loose. He's like, no, you're gonna put some fucking pants on in my house. It's Me and the boys are gonna hang out with the boys. <laughs> fucked up, man. Anyway, oh man. <clears throat> Actually, um, 
I, I appreciated, uh, cause I, I wanted to follow up with Tony and try to find him, get him some help for that ready to rumble episode that kind of came up in, ta- in conversation there. So I actually reached out to Sully, uh, who is uh, my wrestler buddy who, and I could also reach out to Samson. Samson knows a lot of people as well. <clears throat> We're trying to find wrestlers that were in the movie ready to rumble. And the closest we've got is Booker T because uh, Booker T is based out of uh, Texas where my buddy is. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I got connections. We can get to him. But Bur- Booker T is notorious for not really liking white people that much. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh well, well, we'll look around. But I mean, you know, like Tony's Italian. Some people say <laughs> that that's not exactly a, a problematic thing. We'll see. But yeah. well, well, I'm going to try to get him that. And also, I want to throw it out there. <clears throat> I didn't realize that Tony was a wrestling fan as much as I am. I think from bonus content's perspective, I'd like, I'm just going to lay it out there. I'd love to do a bonus episode with Tony where all the issues are wrestling related. So if anybody is a wrestling fan uh, who supports this idea, uh, let's egg Tony on to accept this uh, this this uh, proposition. So that sounds like a good bonus episode. I think it would be. I can finally I can, talk about the stuff I love. <laughs> yeah, there were so mint salads watching wrestling, and Vinny Paulino of the Creep Off and WATP is watching wrestling, and Tony's into wrestling, and they're yeah. all talking about wrestling all weekend. And I'm like, I have no, I have absolutely no fucking idea what they're talking about. I turn to Carl, and I'm like, Carl, I think well, I can have a more thing. coherent I'm conversation with it. you about sports. And how did that go? <laughs> well, we, we didn't. I just thought that I, I yeah. com- comparatively, I, I have more knowledge of sports than much. the wrestling. Yeah. Fair enough, man. That's, that's the thing. Like I'm, uh, I used to be a hardcore wrestling fan. Now I'm like a complete casual fair weather only show up for the big pay-per-views and good storylines guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some deep seated, issues that are wrong with pro wrestling that I would love to get into with, uh, with Tony at some point in time. So anyhow, shall we get into the issues? Yes. Let's get into the issues and let me put this on the right thing. There we go. All right. You got your soundboard. I do. Here's what I don't get. Expert liars. Okay. So, Uh, What do I mean by expert liars? Like, I mean, I was going to bring in lying as an issue at one point in time, but you said that you love to lie a lot (laughs) when when we're just bullshitting on certain things. And I think there's a difference between, you know, like, Ibs, white lies, getting out of an annoyances. What I mean Mm -hmm. by an expert liar is somebody who profits from lying, right? Like somebody who, like who stands to gain a lot. And also, so there's different types of lying, but we call one, so uh, the the word in Catholicism for making up some false rumor to smear somebody's reputation is called calumny, right? So we we call it calumniating. And there's nothing I freaking hate more than like, when you see online, like, I mean, the mainstream media does this, and like these, that's what I'm talking about, expert liars. Like, I mean, somebody who can go on the news know that that what they're saying is full-on bullshit like it was been rewritten you've you're hiding things you're doing all that kind of stuff and the fact that you can just do it 
with a straight face and sleep at night with no problem whatsoever. That gets to me, man. Like I, I can't like politicians do it. Mm-hmm. Like teachers do it. Um, you know, like the, po- politicians especially do it. And, and on both sides, like both sides will lie their asses off. But the mainstream media, like, I mean, the, when I go back and I look at things like we've talked, we've beat this one to death about COVID-19. But like, when I go back and I look at like the amount of lying that they did and like how they had no problem with any of the lies that they were doing, what's going on? I have you a cat like- climbing into the ceiling up over here. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, you know, like expert liars, especially like there's, there's a type of liar that profits from it, that like makes their whole living off of lies. Like they put out a lie and then they keep it going. And I had, I, I wanted, you know, just loose research on it. Like I was trying to look up like what makes a person like I'm an advanced expert liar. And it requires like a certain mix of <clears throat> qualities in a person. So first off, I mean, you're going to have a good acting ability so that you can be believable. Right. And there's people that are really good liars. Like they can, they can fake out the, the lie detector test. They can, they can fake out all types of stuff. They can fake out body language people. Like they're really good at like, you ever watch that bombards body language channel? Like and watch like how they, there's this like body no. language expert and she goes and she like down people's, um, you know, like famous interviews or famous public speeches and stuff like that. And can tell you like when they're lying or when they're, where they're going. And it's like, there's a lot of body language involved. No, but get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And Reacher has been exiled from the Island. (laughs) What is it with cats? eh? Yeah. That one is specifically a shithead and he's Uh, about to go attack the other cat in the ceiling. Fuck that hurt. Go ahead. That's important. But you, you, you know what I'm saying is like, so you need this ability hold on, hold to, to act well enough. Okay. All right. Get the fuck out of here. In, in the audio only. Leave it all in. Just, just make it the dead air. Everybody loves dead air. <laughs> you back there we go put on the cans there we go i'm back everything's better life is good all right <laughs> no more cat co-hosts for the rest of this episode yeah so so the, the, like as long as you can act your way through it and and like a lot of these people what they'll do is uh, Birch the Great has a really good uh, point here. It says, uh, best lie has a hinge of truth in it. This is the thing a lot of them will do is they will they will tell you the part that's true and then throw in the little fib part at the end that they can glaze over really quickly and pivot right over back to the part that's true. And like, it's that whole thing of like, you know, it's the, it's the fly in the ointment or the, or the, I used to say, it's like, you know, if it's 99% true, but 1% false, Right. It's like a, it's like a fleck of fetal fecal matter that fell into your ice cream tub. You can't Mm -hmm. eat the ice cream. It's, it's broken. It's gross. And like the weird part is, is like now I'm seeing again, back with this chat GPT bullshit, like that thing is an expert liar. It's not even the the reason why GPT GPT is an expert liar is because it has no soul and it has no like shame. 
prove it wrong a hundred percent, a hundred times over, and it has no apologies. It's and it and it gaslights like I'm sorry you feel that way. It's like fuck, fuck you. I don't feel that way. I just proved you wrong. I you just you know I, we I'm not I'm a as a language model. I'm I'm incapable of lying. You, Yes, you did lie. I can show you. Did you say this? And then you also said that one of them has to be true and one of them has to be false. So one of them is a lie. I'm sorry you feel that way. And that's the thing that like what really gets me. And I, I mean, I'm only going to say it's the left because there's some very easy to point out like um, examples of it. <clears throat> where they'll say something and you call them out on it and then they don't backtrack. They don't apologize. They don't like go, well, you know, guys, we shouldn't have, uh, we shouldn't have told everybody that the masks work, you know, cause like, you know, now that we know definitively that it doesn't, uh, we should apologize. No, there's no apology at all. There's no, there's no humility. So that's one of the aspects is. Yeah. There's never any shame. <clears throat> no one ever feels shame. So, so there's a word for it down here. It's sinvergüenza. You know, oh, that guy's sinvergüenza. Without shame, right? Sinvergüenza. Or we say, cara dura. He's got a hard face. And it's like, <clears throat> um, th th that's the thing that gets me. And, and, that's, and it's one of those things that I truly don't. Is how somebody can just flat out lie and just be totally cool with it. Just be totally cool with it. Like you've harmed somebody else with your lie. You've, you've, you've cheated your way into getting, you, you know, your win with a lie and you're totally cool with that. I don't know, man. There's something about that. It's like, you know, it's like when you played board games like Monopoly as a kid or something like that. And there's like the one person that always cheats at it and steals from the bank and stuff like that. And you're like, dude, I caught you. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, it's only cheating if you get caught. No, it's just cheating. Like, how do you take satisfaction in the win if you're just not living a lie? And there's like, there's like race grifters like this. Like, I mean, we've, we've caught so many of these, like where somebody draws a, a fake swastika or somebody blames one group versus another one, like the false flag, like, you know, uh, race hatred things that come up and you're like, it, it always ends up being a fake. And you're like, what was your plan? Like Jussie Smollett. There's a good one. Mm -hmm. There's a good That's one. That's a right great there. one. That's a good one. So that guy is an actor, clearly has no morals, clearly is a degenerate. And like, what does he do? He, he still hasn't apologized for it. He still hasn't uh, owned up for it. He's still like, nope, I'm, no, I, you guys aren't. Uh. The guys you paid to do that have come straight out with your whole story, the whole plan and everything. Give it up. And they won't. And there's, that goes back to that, like I brought up before, like psychopathy, narcissism, and sociopathy. It's this like mentality, which is, it's all self-centered. It has nothing to do with, like you have zero. And I think you need to have zero empathy to be an expert liar. But beyond that, like, I mean, look into the field of science, right? If you look in the amount of like research that is completely compromised, the amount of data that's been fudged. Like, okay, I remember in high school when you're in like like chem class and you're like, you need to get this certain reaction. You need to get this certain observation to just be done the project. 
and you fudge your facts, you fudge your data just to get on with it. Like, I mean, it probably was never going to happen because you probably could never get your beaker clean enough to like not have this certain reaction or something, but you just get on with it. That's different. We're talking about people who've enacted policies knowing full blown that the whole thing is built on a lie. You're, 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 you're lying to people about the efficacy of the, of the shots. You're lying to people about the efficacy of lockdowns. You're lying to people about the efficacy of masks and you're doing this with a straight face. And the weird part about it is, is like all those people who were purveying those lies had to live in a society where everybody else was around with masks. You're watching, you're going out in, in public and you're like, that person's got a mask on. <laughs> sucker, sucker. Look at that sucker. This, they're, they're stupid enough to go along with it. So that, that, that means I can get away with this because if, if it's their fault for going along with my life. And the, that's that mentality, right? It's like demonic. It's like, as long as you can, you know, like as long as you, if you were stupid enough to fall for it, then it's your fault. And that's the liar, the expert liar mentality. Like the media yeah. does it. There's all types of historical revisionists that do it. There's all types of like politicians that do it. There's just across the board, people who lie nonstop, they inflate their statistics or they bury something that doesn't look good for them and they don't care. They don't care. And that's the part that I don't understand. It's like, I don't know, like my, my ethos, my life is like, I try my hardest to follow the truth. It, it, even if it sucks, even if it's not the best, if I, it, it, even if it's like a bad thing for me, I really care about the truth of something because I don't want to live a lie. Living a lie is, is brutal. Like, I mean, it's like the other thing is, is that these, these expert liars do is that they concoct these storylines and they're really good at remembering the facts so that they can, you know, and then they, and good at pivoting when something comes up, like you get caught on and then they go and they divert into something else to make you feel like shit for picking them off on the thing. And I just, ah, man, I hate it. Do you, do you run into this? Like expert yeah, liars? I think the, uh, the best example I can think of is like, and it's, it's probably the most diabolical because it's, it's homegrown and it's your local news station in the United States. Oh, the worst. They, you'll get these news stories about like these top, these 10 chemicals that will kill your kid or like they'll exaggerate the risk of something happening, like what your teen's talking about online and they'll sensationalize and they'll take, they'll take like a little kernel of truth and then expand it into this massive lie and narrative for the sake of, you know, getting this viewership. And I, and like, so when I was, when Tim and I were in high school, um, channel eight, no channel, channel six broke into okay. our, uh, high school. They, they broke in to do a story on school security and how school security is porous and, like all this stuff. And so they, they made their way in through a side door and then they wandered around the halls. Now they were found, they were seen on cameras entering the school, wandering the halls. The school was put on lockdown. The security guards came and escorted them out, but they like took this, this couple of minutes of footage that they had, you know, before they got rounded up and they just, they put that on the news and they just played the story. They didn't tell the story about how the reporter and her cameraman were held by police 
for an hour before they cleared everything and let us leave our classrooms. Right. They they didn't tell the story about how because of what they did, we got like like in prison, we got cracked down upon for every little fucking thing so all of a sudden. They just like ran the story about how all your schools are horribly porous to get the kid the parent these like Karen parents to watch the news and be afraid. And I, and I remember this and I was, cause I was so pissed off. It was about the time of the Tulsa state fair and channel six had a booth at the Tulsa state fair and Lori Fulbright, the cunt who's still on fucking channel six news to this day. As far as I know, last I was in Tulsa, she was still on the fucking billboards is there with doing, you know, signing autographs for people. I'm such an important reporter in this fucking Tulsa, Oklahoma. You're a worthless cunt. I walked up to her and I was like, do you realize what you did? Like, do you realize the lie that you told? Do you, are you going to apologize to these, to anybody? Apologize to me just for the difficulty you've created in my life. She's like, no, what, what I did was important. She lied to my face yeah. about what I did was important. Like I'm, I was helping you. That's important Fuck to expose off. these kinds of fucking things. And like, uh. I would love to have five minutes alone with Lori Fulbright in a room with no cameras. To this day, I mean, that was like fucking 15 years ago, and I still can't, I can still remember, like, her eyes were just empty. They were completely devoid of humanity. And she's looking at, like, I don't know, I must have been, I wasn't old enough to drive, so 14, 15 years old. And she's just lying to my face and fi- and felt nothing. That's what I mean. Zero and, empathy. Zero. And it's just They're like, super predators, these people. Yeah, they and, are. but- but then it planted the seed. Okay, she's lied about this story. What else? Then what else is she? Lie? Everything has to be a lie, and yeah. I, that's probably the beginning of my red pill on on the news. But I kind of always hated the local news. And but it's yeah, the, you you deal with these people all the time, and you deal with people that will that will just lie to your face about, about problems and, and the issue and try and uh, shift the, the focus away from themselves. If it's going to do give them any blowback and, and oftentimes they'll try and destroy you for mm-hmm. being like in the right. Like I, I've, yeah, I've had that happen that, to me too. Or they'll smear you. Right. So it's like, Oh, yeah. like this guy, this guy's protesting this thing. He must be a Nazi, you know, like, like this guy must be a white supremacist or something like that. And it's like, it's like they, they have no morals. They have no moral compass on these things. And, and like, what's interesting, like, so going back to like the news, like for example, George Zimmerman, right? Uh, George Zimmerman. Example. They edited the audio so that his like call made it sound like he was like, just like hyper-focused on the fact that the guy was black. They cut out entire portions. They slam it together. They edited it like crazy. And like, I get it. So again, like we know, Joel, you worked in wrestling. You talk about wrestling, but wrestling is a business of lying. The whole thing is built off of a lie, right? Like it, it was built by carnies. Like they made it, they played it off like it was a real thing, but it's all a lie. That's the one of the things that like the hardest part is it draws the worst people in to the, to the business. Like a lot of the wrestling people that I work with are complete fucking awful people. And like, um, the news is just as bad, if not worse. The news is wrestling. The news yeah. is fake. And and like George Zimmerman's one, uh, good Another people thing they on both with- sides is one. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like we watch this all the time. Nothing ever comes of it. They never get their comeuppance. They never get their comeuppance. Don, 
excuse me, Don Lemon got fired today. Um, and uh, Tucker Carlson and Fox split ways today. So those are two liars that are, you know, looking for work. So they'll find it. I'm sure somebody who's going to pick them up right away, but like, yeah, it's man, it's, it's infuriating. It's infuriating because you sit there, you point at it and you go, that's a lie. And then like, Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. And then like three months later, it's like, well, actually, you know, well, you know, we didn't actually say this thing like, like Trudeau, like Trudeau said, like, oh, Canada doesn't do vaccine passports. Well, that's, that's not even in our constitution. Like that was in February. Fucker put it in and like, <laughs> he put the, they, they had him across the country by the end of October, you know? So it's like, those kind of things drive me crazy because nothing fucking ever happens. And the problem is, is that like, it's, we it have sends no attention the wrong span. message. Well, yeah, people don't have an attention span. Well, I, I brought it up before about like the Stephen Colbert thing. So when they fired um, Comey, James Comey, and then the crowd reacted with like cheers. And he's like, wait, no, no, that's bad because Trump fired him, you know, like, and then I'm really like, booed. It's like on a dime, he flicked the switch and they had to change their minds like immediately. It was crazy. Pulled out that cassette tape and put in the Comey good cassette tape. Yeah, exactly. And it's like. So this is the thing. So uh, uh, not to get too theological about it, but like little lies lead to big lies, right? If you get super comfortable with little lies all the time in your life, you're going to get more comfortable with big lies later on. And they do snowball because a little lie can turn into a big lie based on covering your ass. Tell the truth because then you don't have to lie. Cause you're just really just keeping up with the truth. And there's a lot of famous people that just fucking lie and lie and lie. And like, they get away with it. And like, you can like piece together these things, but nothing ever comes of it. But Jesus himself, he, he straight up called it. He goes like, you are, you are a, of your father, the devil, you, the, the, the father of lies. Lying comes from evil. It's just, it's an evil tendency. And we can, kind of pay, play it off like yeah sometimes it's okay to lie about this and that like i remember when i was a kid my uncle took me to the horse races and i mm -hmm. think it was something like you know under a certain age i, th I think I, under a certain age the kid's free and over a certain age the kids you got to pay for a kid five bucks yeah and so like he was doing this thing i, I just never was a, i just i just wasn't a liar kid like i just didn't like it always made me feel sick. I don't know. It's me. I'm weird. I'm weird that way. But like, it, it was like, he told me is like, you know, okay, when you go in here, you're going to tell him you're, you're six, um, but I'm not six. I'm seven. <laughs> like, but, 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 but when we go in, just like, if he asks you, you're six. And then I get to the front and he's like, are you, uh, how old are you? And I'm like, he's like, he's six. I'm like, I'm seven. <laughs> I ended up like, he ended up having to pay for me. <laughs> I ended up winning a money. I picked two horses that won it. You know, it ended up, it you did okay made the money the back. But the, the thing is, is like, it's, See, I, I think this is where ahead. we differ because I am pro lying, but I'm not, I'm not like, I, I'm not like a narcissist where I create, create these elaborate concoctions. I believe lying is a tool. I agree with you that there's a certain amount of evilness to it, but I believe mm -hmm. that lying to the people that lie to you, the people that want to destroy you, I feel that that's completely justified. And I have, I, when I lie to those people, I feel nothing because okay. I know that they would kill me before, 
you know, they, they like they want they hate you and they want you dead. And so I, when I I'm totally fine with lying. I'm I'm fine to an extent lying to the NPCs that will follow those people. Uh, right. I but like I would not lie to you as a friend or my family, uh, like or the my you know coworkers that like the people that matter in your life. There are people though that I will and have lied to because self defense. It's a self defense lie. Okay, so so here's the funny thing about that. So like, <clears throat> again, I was looking up about lying and uh, the propensity to lie, and I asked I, I asked Chat. <laughs> I was like, are there hold, cultures that are more conducive on, to lying on. than other cultures? Go back and okay. say, I okay. asked ChatGPT because I lost all of that. Sure. I asked GPT if, if, if there are cultures that are more like conducive to lying than other cultures. Mm-hmm. And I learned about this concept that I hadn't, I hadn't learned before, which was about high context societies and low context societies. Are you familiar with this? I'm not. Okay. So it's, it's, it's by this uh, cross-cultural sociology study. There was a bunch of studies in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties. And really what it broke down to was there are um, it's, it's a, it's a matter of a type of, 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 of culture that it really cares about saving face, right? Really cares about your image, really cares about like how you present yourself. And so those are the ones that, and it, it, it ties into narcissism, but, it, but like, for example, you're going to have like a high context society would be like one of the Asian societies. So like China and um, Japan. Uh, yes. And <laughs> um, like Latino. I'm looking at these lists, lists of these things. I'm like, and then it's like the low context societies are, are societies that are more direct that will say the truth uh, on its face value, whether it's pleasant or not. Mm-hmm. And, and then it like listed like the societies that are like that. It was like England, United States, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, <laughs> Germany. Uh, it's like, it's like looking through all these things like, so white people. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like, that's like a white people thing, but it's not. There's a bunch of white uh, people that lie, but I that, that I asked Chat GPT that and it was like, no, no, you, you can't say that. And I was like, well, it kind of is, but this is the thing. Um, if you go from a religious standpoint, so I just say, like in Christianity, lying is not allowed. It's just not allowed, man. Like you're you're not supposed to be a liar in Christianity. You're supposed to tell the truth as much as you possibly can. Now, you, even your example. There's a biblical example of of lying to save against like a persecutor or or something. That was um, I think it's in the book of Joshua when when they were coming in and there was like a uh, they had spies that were going in and they needed to, to be hidden and the lady hid them from these you know soldiers that were coming to look for them. So there's like there's examples of when like in your example like a lie to save your life is yeah. is different. Okay. But like from a religious standpoint, so for example, in Islam, they, they, they have a concept called al which is like where you lie to save yourself, save the religion and save the ability of the religion to, to propagate and to, to grow in strength. Um, the Talmud <laughs> says a lot about lying and how great it is when you're lying against the, the, the Goyim or the, the Gentiles. I'm not going to go down on that road because I don't want to get lose Tony. 
Bucks. But like <laughs> there are clearly like different societies that have different values on the truth and lying and who's okay with it and who's not. And it's frustrating because the thing is, is like, if we're not operating on the same rule book, right, you will have an, uh, an advantage over me. And you, and a lot of people know that about Christians. They know that a lot about, a lot about Christians and they, that, that's why they need to like butter up the, like the liar hip, hypocrite Christians. The ones who are like, you know, like, the ones who are like in a long-term relationship pastors who who have like, yeah, giant, like a giant fleet of private airplanes. And mm-hmm. like, they just don't give a shit. Like they're just ripping people off. It's super demonic. And, yeah. and like, you know, it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, you realize that like, man, like I only have, I have to be, I have to stay truthful and honest for, for, for him and for my family. Cause I want my kids to learn like dad tells the truth. How shit would it be if all of a sudden I'm teaching my kid like, yeah, your dad's just a big fat liar, lies all the time. He gets caught. Yeah, you can't believe anything your dad says. Your dad's a piece of shit. He lies all the time. And a lot of people have that dad. A lot of people have that dad. And I feel for them. It it sucks. Like my dad taught me never to lie. Like the whole time when I was growing up, it was like, look, look, man. You know, it's like there'd be times where actually we used to incentivize um, it, 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 what does that mean? By the way, <laughs> I, I think I think he means you sent in three of them. I think that's oh, what he's what, talking about. What does that mean? The one the one that I delivered the card to the stage for. I told you about <laughs> it before the show. <laughs> Joel sent in the biggest uh, problem to the live show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. If if, if I would have sent it in, you'd have six million more cards. So I I basically was saying that like. We, we were taught all the time to have... I don't think uh, you could make that many cards in that short of a time, Joel. I mean, that's a lot of cards to really squeeze in <laughs> to one weekend. I, Listen, I just, the math isn't working out, man. I could have a lot of cards printed <laughs> off in a... F- well, I'm just saying, like, if you have period, six printers uh, and know, they're... You, just, you, know, the, like, you they're, don't know what our... Cap- <laughs> if I got a, 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 yeah, a German printing house that was very efficient with like 40s technology. So anyways, I, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is like my dad used to say, he used to incentivize the truth. It was like, oh. you know, that, that it's like a plea bargain, right? Like you're better off coming in hard with the truth, like admitting it, admitting your fault, like admitting you fucked up, yes. admitting all yep. those kind of things and your punishment will be less. It's like this whole group of people have never learned that and they, but they don't need to learn it because they don't get fucking punished for it. Like they, they get rewarded And they don't feel shame. It. None, none. Yeah. And like, there's a bunch of people out there that completely sell out their own people. They sell out their own, all their friends. They sell out their religion. They sell out all of it. And just for what, for what? to get an extra vacation or two. That's what it goes back to. Like, I mean, you go back to the, the, the fucking lockdowns and the masks and all those assholes were at like dinner parties with no masks on and out in like big group things. And like, and then they had the audacity to like put on a mask just for a photo op and then go back to it. And let's like, these people are absolute psychopaths. And like, it, you know, we need to be taught and they're never going to teach this in school. You got to be taught how to spot a lie better. Right. Like, I mean, like you, 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 that's a big skill. And like, you know, I, I've said this to you here, like my whole job is spin. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I spin. My job is spin. I never lie, though. I never lie. I just find the best part of a thing and I highlight the best parts, but I never put out any actual lies. 
there are people like that was the thing that blew like the beginning parts of COVID was like demonstrably lying and you could prove it and it didn't matter. There was no penalty for them. Nothing, no penalty for them at all. And so rules are really only for us normies. And that's, that's the, you know, that, that's the reality. And it's like, Oh, what are you gonna do? Cry about it? I guess. Or <laughs> I guess so. I'm just going to like, you know, one of these days you'll get your come up and see yeah, two more weeks. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's the, th- there's so many of them and like grifters, like, I don't know if you saw, but like in the, in the right wing circles, like there was that, the stop the steel guy, Ali Alexander Akbar, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the guy who looks like Sammy Davis jr. Uh, uh, so he's getting outed as like a pedophile. Like, I mean, he was just like grooming like teenage boys and like, and all this kind of stuff. He was just, just complete piece of shit. But what is he doing front facing? He's, he's trying to steal our shtick. He's like, Oh, I'm a traditional Catholic. Let's go to mass. Let's go to mass and do all this kind of stuff. Like you fucker. Like you are living this double life. You're doing this horrible fucking backdoor stuff. And that you're, you're putting it out there. Like, as if like, you're like Mr. Traditional Catholic, go fuck yourself, man. Like yeah. you're just living a lie. You're an expert liar. And he's really good at it. Cause he's made millions off of these grifts millions. Let's, let's raise money, get the text out there. Let's get that organic grassroots movement going. And then people donate and they're honest, hardworking people, dupes, honest, hardworking people. And they try to go out and do this stuff. And it's just, yeah, here we go. Crowder and his stop big con while he's pulling a condom. That's all these guys. They're total grifters. They're yeah. total grifters. And like, they have to live the lie and the lie has to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's, an, there's also the lie of omission, right? So like we talked about how, like, as long as like most of it's the truth, but there's the lie of omission, which is like these people that go out there and they'll like point at this problem, this problem, this problem. But, oh, now we're going to talk about that one because that one's not we can't talk about that. We can't can't talk about that one. Right. Like, like, for example, like the Catholic Church. Right. I'll call it the Catholic Church. So the Catholic Church did its own research and it was like it was on uh, the pedophilia stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Like We all hate it. Like, I, I'm never going to be I'm never going to be like defending it. Like, well, you know, it's not that bad. It was fucking awful. It was fucking awful. It's still awful. It needs to be dealt with. And there's got to be, there's going to be a day where it's going to be dealt with. But the thing is, is that they did research on this and it was like 98% like young. It was just, and it wasn't even young, that young. They were like 13 to 15 year old boys that were being groomed by these men. And like the study came out and it was like, it was like, this is a homosexual problem. And the church was like, no, you can't say that. It's not a, it's, it's a pedophilia problem. We, it's, it's just only a few people doing it. You can't say that about homosexuals. Like, no, it's a homosexual problem. It was a homosexual problem. It, it, you know, you're making it sound like my daughter is as just as much at risk with, the, with these, these priests as my son is. That's just not true. And the problem is, is that if you keep lying to yourself, you keep lying about the statistics. If you keep lying about the history in the past, you keep lying about these things. It's fucking damaging. It's damaging yeah. because everybody has to cover for the lie at a certain point. Everybody has to cover for it. It's not just one liar. It's a whole bunch of them. And this whole thing of like, this couldn't have been a, this, if it, if it, this couldn't have been a, uh, a controlled thing or a conspiracy thing because think about how many people would need to begin in on it. 
I can think about how many people being on it. There's a fucking lot of liars. A lot of them. And you know what? They congregate and they find each other and they cover for each other. And that's, that's how the world works, unfortunately, until we call them out and we actually have some sort of real avenues to get some action. We're not there yet, but someday maybe, who knows? But I, I don't know. That's, that's my issue is expert liars. They fucking drive me nuts. And they, uh, it's the worst to- when you're watching them on TV. Oh man. Yeah, they seem to have the reins on way too much of our lives, too. Like everything, everything. It almost needs to be a rule that if you seek, you know, if you want to be a journalist, if you want to be a politician, if you want to be in these positions, uh, that should be like the number one strike against you. Honesty? Yeah. Yeah. No, like, like just the mere desire to have those types of jobs is just completely, Oh no, you're not qualified for this at all. I'd rather have the guy who's like, I don't want to fucking do this job. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But that we're never going to get that guy. And then, and like, it's weird. Cause like, cause okay. So like just a sidebar here, like journalism took a big fucking step back when social media started taking over. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, we've seen the graphs of like, you know, after like Occupy Wall Street, like all the media suddenly decided that they were all on critical race theory and it was all white supremacy's fault for everything. Yeah. And and none of the other groups are guilty of anything. It's all one group and it's only white people, especially the non-Jewish white people, the the Christian heretics that we put in the movies all the time, not heretics, hypocrites. And like, and and like you, you saw this groove, this upward groove on this, on this chart of like the, these terms that were getting used in stories across the mainstream media. And there was another study that just came out. It wasn't just in the United States. It was a world that all of this started taking place at the same time. But there was a point to that. And the point is, is that in, you know, when I was growing up, we would get the newspaper dropped off our house every day. Right. And like, you know, like we dive into the newspaper, who gets the comics, who gets the sports pages and uh-huh. dad gets the news and dad gets the business section. And like, you know, like now, and I think like Buck has brought it up. It's like the algorithms on Facebook will know if I stop for a half a second longer to look at a picture, they're going to now give me more stuff about that topic just because I, I didn't even click on it. I just scrolled a little slower. I'm like, what's that? Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. And yeah. like that, that, is in there. So now they know this. And the only way to get your attention is like through outrage, right? Like yeah. it's through outrage. And so like they know the left knows if they can whip up their own group into a frenzy of like, you know, can you believe the right is doing this? And the right, they take it and they're like, can you believe the left is saying this? They're fucking like, this is stupid. And you get these clicks that just come from both sides on these hate clicks and regular clicks. And it's ruined all of our news. Not like our news was clean. Our news was garbage and bullshit before. We just didn't know. Yeah. But like now, it's even worse. And now you've got on top of that, you've got the algorithms. On top of that, you've got Twitter like lying its ass off when it was like, oh, you know, it was like a Russian misinformation thing for Hunter Biden. Oops, sorry. No, wait, we were wrong. It's like we knew right from the, what do you like? This is ridiculous. But the fact that so many of them can lie to get on with it. And it's just that. It's, it, this is a leftist thing. This is that communist, leftist, Marxist, call it what you want thing of this by any means possible. So that this by any means or by any means necessary. 
they will lie, cheat, steal, do whatever they need to win. Cause, and, and I always think to myself, like, man, if you have to do that for your side to win, to be, to be right, to be righteous, like you fucking lost. It's over. If you had to cheat, you had to lie. You had to go always, uh, you had to smear somebody and get rid of them. You're, you're the fucking loser. Like you're the fucking, like you're the fucking worst person out there. If you are lying and smearing to take out your competition and come out with something that is completely not true. Like you fucking lost. Yeah. You might've won the little, the little, the little, uh, the little battle, but you're going to lose in the end. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have no soul. You've sold yourself out. You're the fucking worst. So that's, that's my issue for this week. That's a good issue. We don't uh, go into the into the three hour territory, and I think we're on the right path. Yeah, yeah. thanks, buddy. Last week's episode was our longest right. episode ever. By the way, pretty cool. Anyway, uh, really- yeah, three hours and seventeen minutes. Too long. Yeah. Well, this uh, <laughs> that brings us to the middle of our episode, which means it's time for me to play that sound effect again. This episode <laughs> is brought to you in part by the Rakeda News Network. Definitely not fake news. Well, I've got some news here. Speaking of uh, stuff that they're going to turn into fake news later, a huge Texas, Texas, a huge Texas explosion that burned 18,000 cows to death was ignited by their farts. Oh, this is a story that I absolutely believe. And I don't believe it's going to be a data point to be like, you shouldn't get to eat meat because cows are bad for the environment. So here's, here's this little piece of uh, propaganda, a massive explosion in Texas that killed $28 million worth of cattle may have been ignited from may have been ignited from the gassy animal farts. South Fork dairy farm in Dimmit, U.S. suffered the deadliest cattle fire ever in U.S. history on Monday, which left thousands, this is last Monday, which left thousands of cows dead and one worker in a critical condition. And now investigators believe the machi- um, a machinery malfunction on the farm may have been ignited by methane gas. What they mean Bullshit. to say is the methane gas may have been ignited by machinery, yeah. I think, unless they're just, you know, so stupid to when they're writing this propaganda. Uh, the devastating fire then tore through the holding pens and, you know, killed the cows. So this is going to be a, like, like, yeah, this is devastating. There's been a lot of like weird fires at food plants and stuff over the last few yeah. years that it's like, ah, it kind of seems like you're trying to cut down on the food chain so you didn't can starve I, us all to death. Didn't I bring up the chicken plant that like, didn't I bring that up in a recent episode? Yeah. That was uh, in the last month or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like chickens highly flammable. Right. Oh, and, and like chickens, yeah. cages, so flammable, just like, just like up, like, like a tinder box. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. And they cereal with, with cows. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cows, cows. I, I have to watch out. Like my neighbor's cows could just spontaneously explode at any point in time. Cause like, you know, just one too many, one too many uh, farts and they're good to go. Yeah. So, um, the, the few cows that survived, they're saying may have to be destroyed. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing seems like a scam to me. Even if the fire were legitimate, now the, you know, they're going to take the, like the kernel of truth and blow it up out of proportion and be like, well, you shouldn't be eating meat anyway. The price of meat's going to go up. I mean, $28 million in profit is, it doesn't just disappear. It has to be like added to the cost of all the other cows that survive. And I just read this last week that they're actually backtracking on the whole cow methane is bad for the environment thing. Cause there's actual other gases in their off gassing that actually counters that effect. But the, of course it doesn't there is. matter. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. They're just going to lie the, about it. They don't care. The, the science <laughs> is settled. Cows yeah. cause uh, global warming. You need to eat these shitty meat substitutes to save the planet. But uh, let's let's, gonna, move, let's move on to some uh, more, some a little bit of lighter news. One quick is, second. I'm going to say I'm going to salute my my sister is watching the, the stream for the uh, with us here. So uh, welcome, welcome, uh, sis Chaco. <laughs> Hello, sis Chaco. Um, this one may be in your wheelhouse as well. A used sex doll may be possessed, says a doll wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. It might be possessed. I was like, what yeah. do you think uh, I have a used sex doll thing? <laughs> a man has a series of odd encounters after purchasing a used sex doll from a stranger online. The unidentified Thai man who collects sex dolls thought he had a good deal when the person approached him with a flawless life-size doll at a discount. He paid 25000 baht. Uh, with less than the original offer price of 40,000 baht, and his girlfriend thought the doll was realistic and resembled her. He then dressed up Aww, the sex doll, sweet. combed its hair, and kept it upstairs bedroom with the rest of his collections. The following day, the man heard a noise from upstairs and discovered a comb on the floor. He also noticed that the doll's hair was in a mess, this despite him having combed its hair the night before. So he fixed the doll's hair again and replaced the comb. When the man returned home from an outstation work trip several days later, he noticed the doll's face had been turned towards the door, although he had positioned it to look straight ahead before he left for his trip. So this guy is dealing with a demon in a sex doll and also like some severe autism or something because you have a real woman at home, you fucking weirdo! <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> I'm going to offer a correction here. Uh, items, objects, sex dolls can't be possessed. They can be, um, they can be infested they can be infested so places uh things can be infested but only people can be possessed <laughs> but the, i want to know is like is i think that maybe that the uh that i think that the girlfriend's to mess with his head because she can't be going along with it oh it looks just like me <laughs> but uh or or it Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. You're committing mortal sin. <laughs> so I mean, By having it's like a thing sex with a doll. Yeah. When is that movie coming out? You know what I mean? Like, cause we've had Chucky, we've had like, you know, a bunch of these movies about like, like puppets and all this kind of stuff that come to life. When's that movie coming out? It came out in the eighties. It was called cherry 2000. <laughs> it came out. It wasn't that, uh, uh, Lars and the real girl. That was the other that, one. That, right? That's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Mannequin. That was another one. That was that was another one. The uh, mannequin with uh, Kim Cattrall. Uh, what what other ones are there? There's got to be more. <laughs> Replicate. I mean, that's Replicate. what weird science is, basically. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all possessed. I'm sure. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Any more news? Yes, I have one more. Uh, this is so. You know, have you ever you ever been in a place that's maybe a little dangerous and you fear? You know, you fear the thing. Like if you were standing on train tracks, what would you be afraid of? A train coming. A train coming, yeah. yeah. Well, this this man was urinating on train tracks and was killed by a flying cow that had been hit by the train. <laughs> like, I imagine he's just like, what do you mean I got killed by a flying cow is standing on train tracks? <laughs> Sorry, it cut out. Could you repeat to me? Because it cut out on my side. I, and basically, I just heard he was standing on the train tracks, and then oh, something about so a flying cow. He was he was standing on the train tracks, urinating, and then he was killed by a flying cow that had been hit by the train. 
So like the train was down the ways, hit a cow, <laughs> flung it through, <laughs> through the air and kills this man. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, Shivdalia. Like, like video game physics. Yeah, it does. Shivdalia Sharman, a yeah. man believed to be a retired electrician, was urinating on the tracks in Alwar, India, when he was hit by the cow after being hit by a Vanda Bharat train. An autopsy has confirmed the, his identity and uh, what he was doing at the time of his death. The, the cow flew 30 meters or 90 real measurements and landed on him and then crushed him to death. And so, yeah, the, how bizarre is that? Okay, and also, like, you just said that it's in India, and, like, don't they have, like, in a lot of parts of India, like, a huge reverence for cows? Yeah. Right? So, like, in their eyes, like, that was, like, hand of God stuff, right? It's got to be. Know, it would be. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it would be. <laughs> like, why is this cow flying 30 feet? Like, you know, did it fart and then, like, the ignition, ignition of the, like, rocket boost him all the way through there? <laughs> Yeah, it was actually the methane that killed him. The the cow exactly. hitting him was totally secondary. Yeah. Apparently, pulled off of him. Yeah, apparently this is not a isolated incident as far as the cow being hit by trains, and it's so bad that they've decided to do something about it by erecting fences along the stretch of train track. Like, yeah, welcome to the year eighteen oh three of fucking build a fence. Though. Yeah, that's costly though. <laughs> India, you know, that's that's a lot of country to cover. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's uh, right. that that's our news for this week. So this has been And that takes care of our legal obligation this week, but you know it doesn't take care of uh paying the bills. If you want to help us pay the bills, you can visit us over at subscribestar.com forward slash HWIDG, tip.hwidg.com and patreon.com slash HWIDG, which stands for Here's What I Don't Get. And over on Patreon, we have five tiers. We have the one bucks tier, which gets you early access to each week's episode and our monthly minisodes. We have our $2 tier, we throw some random bits and bobs we do now and again. Uh, we have our $5 tier where we do our bonus episodes. Here's what I do get where we drop the hate and talk about what's great. We have our $10 tier where we do a movie commentary that you submit. You vote on what we watch and we watch it and watch the whole movie and talk about it. And then finally we have our $50 spite producer tier where you get a thank say you, in the D-Lee. show. Yeah, Thank you, Dealey18. Thank you, Dealey18. Yeah, we did the uh, episode 334 last week where we did episodes all about podcast as a kind of a fun stick it to our friend Carl over at WATP and um, so yeah we want to say thank you to all our patrons that was a popular episode by the way it was uh, and actually was, I yeah. I should mention so I put up a voting on the on the post all of our different issues and uh, number one was advertisements my issue I think I kind of stacked the deck there though with the the um, uh, what was it all the dynamic ads that were inserted tied for sucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tied for second place, audio issues and poor archival, Chaco and Tim's issues. Uh, then pod fading TV recap oh, shows cool. were mine. Buck's liquidation stores, which was not podcast related. My <laughs> issue of networks. And then finally, in last place, co hosts that suggest bad episodes, Tony from Act the Movies. <laughs> Didn't even uh, beat Tony. an issue that was not about 
podcasts. So. <laughs> it was a bad suggestion by a co-host. That's what it was. So yeah, Tony, yeah. Uh, Tony fucked up in the most spectacular way possible. Vito mailed him his merch to get to the show. And so of course, Tony did not check his post office box before the show happened. And then, uh, we ended up buying a bunch of white t-shirts at like Walmart on the way into the show and just writing crudely on with Sharpie on them Vito's merch. And I think <laughs> Vito sold out of those. Absolutely really? infuriating to watch. Yeah. Uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. But let's uh let's get back in some issues. Here's what I don't get. <laughs> Women in the workforce. That's right. Bring it out my misogyny. Uh, uh, no, I'm kidding. I um, oh, fanboys. Um there we are. There we are. I lost you for a second there. I Okay, I'm back. So I was thinking about this the other day, and I think one of the single biggest contributing factors to the decline of our culture and our identity as people and why we've like slid, slid into this downhill slope of uh just just degeneracy that we live in now is divorce. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I agree with you on. Yeah. And there are lots of theories on why, you know, divorce is on the rise. I remember years ago it was like fifty percent of all marriages end in divorce and the number just keeps growing. That. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now. And uh but what, you know, you look back in you know, the fifties and sixties and even before that, divorce was basically unheard of. Um and when you go back and look there. You start to, you know, I start to ask questions of myself like, well, well, what has changed? And a big thing that's changed is women in the workforce. And what I think women in the workforce has done is it's changed our social dynamic. So if you think about your parents or your great grandparents, you know, the, the stories you may have heard, um, depending on your age, age range. But, you know, I'm talking about like the greatest generation or the silent generation before the baby boomers, because the baby boomers mm-hmm. are the ones that are like really causing this fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the story was always like, oh, you know, grandma and grandpa, they met in high school and grandpa fell in love with grandma instantly. And grandma said that she didn't want to like get married so young. And then grandpa went off and fought World War II and came back and asked her to marry him again. And they got married and then they had 17 kids and they lived together for 65 years and they died. And, and like they bought this home when they first got married and they raised all 17 kids in that home and they visited all their grandkids in that home. And then they dropped dead and the, and your fucking piece of shit boomer parents sold the house off and split the money amongst themselves and, and got, got divorced. And so yeah. <laughs> what I, what I think the difference was between like my grandparents' generation and especially my generation was that. Uh, my grandparents, like they got married and my grandmother stayed home to raise the kids. And I'm not, you know, like, oh, women should be barefoot in the kitchen. But what it did was my grandmother was not exposed to other unmarried men, Mm -hmm. um, or may, or exposed to men, not in the presence of their wives. Like they had family get, you know, Family, friends, they get together with people from their church, social clubs, and those kinds of things. But those were all married couples getting together with married couples. Mm -hmm. Uh, Parents of children getting together with the other parents of their children. With the world, the way the world is today, women are in in work. They're exposed to, you know, men different than their partner. 
They yep. may be taller. They may be handsomer. They may earn more money, or they're younger, Richard, or they're more. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they, they, they. You know, there's lots of different factors, and we all have that like the grass is greener on the other side mentality, and you're working in proximity, and a lot of times proximity breeds. I, so much of what I well, what I think that's a real thing. Yeah, what I think love is that, is the mere exposure effect is the exposure effect, and yeah. you kind of you kind of what I what I the way that I think relationships end is like familiarity breeds contempt, but also you constantly get shown this this out, and you stop having like the meaningful conversations that break down in communication, and then boom, everything explodes. And so, yeah, having women in the workforce and has just led to because women instigate 80% of all divorces. It's Mm -hmm. like, whereas our grandparents, yeah, our grandmothers could have maybe grabbed someone better than our grandfather, but they had responsibilities. And now it's like, well, the, I can always just move upward in this world. Well, hypergamy is a thing, right? That's, that's female hypergamy, which is what we were seeing already now, which is like, you know, like 80% of the women going after 10% of the men. Right. Like, you know, if you look at the dating pools and stuff like that, that's, that's just biology. That's a thing that yeah. happens, but and like you're, you're right in that their exposure to everybody in the office and not just to the men, not just to the men either. To the other okay. women. Yeah. Cause like, um, so my wife, when she was still working in the hospital, she like, when we were, when we were, uh, when we just got married, right. She, she brought to my attention, like always in the lunchroom, like all the women would do is just get together and bitch about their partners, bitch about their husbands and how stupid they are and how awful they are and lazy they are. And how they don't listen and they don't do this and this. And, this. and like, my wife is like not participating. She's just like rolling her eyes going like, bitch, you chose that guy. <laughs> like, 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 like it's your fault. If you, if you think he sucks, it's your fault. You chose him. But like, then you, you, the other thing is, is that if one lady's cheating on somebody at the office and they tell it, they confide in another lady about it, it's like, it's, it opens another door, right? Mm-hmm. It opens another door to them to, 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 uh, consider to that, that possibility. Yeah. Totally. Then you get, don't factor in like the commutes, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. they like ride share, sometimes they're on transit or, you know, gotta stay late at the office. You know, it's like a, a thing. And on top of it too, is like, you've got, there's, there's just a lot going on with women in the workplace. It, it's, it, it's a big problem. It's a big, big problem because what it does, first of all, it causes inflation. Uh, you know, like, so that's uh, my if, point if number two. two. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. I won't want to steal that. You go yeah. ahead and run with that. And I'll so moving on from the divorce side, side of things, like that's our culture being destroyed, but then it's also destroyed our economy because like, I earn, uh, I'm, I'm in a very high echelon in my industry as with what the money that I make. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not like poor, but I look at my expenses and my savings and, and I think, well, how the fuck would I, you know, how do I support a family with this money? You know, there are, there are times where, something bad happens and I, I'm there. I fret on, is this, you know, can I, you know, the car breaks down, can I afford this repair? Or Mm -hmm. if I were to get sick, could I go, you know, could I go a month without working or could I afford to, you know, have my appendix removed or something at this, this stage in my life. And in my early thirties, 
you know, where my grandparents were, were on like, they were on kid number four or, yeah. or five. And, um, nice. and even my parents, you know, at, by the time my parents were 30, I was born, I, you know, and my parents mm-hmm. waited until much later, mm-hmm. uh, to have kids. And so I, uh, you know, I consider the fact that my grandfather made like $30,000 a year and raised five kids, had a, a large home, a four or five bedroom home, had a stay at home wife and two cars. And they went on, you know, two vacations a year, cross country dri- driving to go vi- or, or more to visit family or to go spend the you know, summer at the cabin and all this stuff. And I'm just like, well, how has our economy gotten so bad where there are couples, you know, of, you know, working professionals earning you know more than I do, both incomes in their house. And they're, they're like, well, you know, we, how do we afford this mortgage? We need to, you know, save on this thing and save on this thing. When our grandparents were doing it for uh, my less than half of what I make, less my grandparents had seven people living on less than half of what I make as one person. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is enough money to support one fucking adult man. And, uh, I feel like adding that additional income added a lot of excessive and unwarranted spending. Now we need to like, we've, when our grandparents you need two were, cars to get to two yeah. different jobs, you need, uh, uh, you need, you need two jobs, two, you got, you got to pay for daycare or, or childcare or a babysitter to come in and take in and then somebody else is raising your kid yeah. uh, while you're doing that. But, yeah, there's, um, there's definitely that aspect, but there's also like, and our grandparents time, because, you know, a hundred dollars was a lot of money. If you bought a yeah. raincoat for a hundred dollars, you were expecting that raincoat to last you 10 years or more. Mm-hmm. If you bought an, a pair of shoes for a hundred dollars, you expected that pair of shoes to last you for several years. If you, yep. you know, you, you bought clothes that were made to last. You bought uh, when you bought a home appliance, my, the fucking fridge that my grandparents bought when they got married in the fifties was still in their fucking house. When they moved out in the early two, when my grandmother moved out in the early two thousands, I right. believe she took that how that refrigerator to the house she moved into and then that refrigerator was finally given to one of my aunts or uncles, and I assume it's still working. Well, that's planned obsolescence. Have yeah, we, have meanwhile, we like we have covered planned obsolescence. Okay, like okay, okay. today, these days, you buy these appliances, and it's just like yeah. My I remember my dad bought a microwave, and it lasted like ten months. A hundred, <laughs> hundred, hundred twenty dollar microwave, you know, thousand watt or whatever, just like yeah. a fucking disposable thing. It just started like fucking. Buzzing and yeah, popping and can't burning. Fix it. Can't take yeah. it anywhere to get it fixed. It's we're, garbage. We're spending yeah. thousands of dollars on these like boxes that make our lives fucking miserable. And yeah. and I'm just like, uh, you know, I know there's a word for it. People who uh, pine for it's, a simpler um, time or are nostalgic for an era that they didn't experience. But mm. I'm really starting to like draw the, you know, you start to follow the threads back to where did we, um, where did we there's start a, to lose course? Where did we get that? a lot of catalyst points and that is definitely yeah. one of them. That is definitely one of them. Oh, I look at it this way. When we bring up about it, it's like, I know you're not a big sports guy, but I think you'll get this analogy, right? It's steroids in baseball. Okay. Yeah. It's steroids in baseball. So 
like people complain all the time. They're like, well, like, I mean, who's doing it? Who's it doing harm to the steroids and well, to the, to the, to the guy, the steroid user. It's like, yeah, but like it, it causes the potential for some major health issues if done improperly. Plus it makes everybody who's not on the juice, like have a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I, I, I talked about this with my friend, like, um, I was talking about uh, usury, right? So the idea of like lending out money at an interest, just making money off of money. Like it's in the Bible. It's like super no, no, but Mm -hmm. we do it all the time. We do it with credit cards. We do it with mortgages. We do it all these things. We turn a blind eye to it. Try not doing it. Try, try living a life usury free. It's way more difficult than, than anybody can, you can't even imagine. Cause like, what's going to happen, right? What are you going to do? You're going to save every dollar extra so you can buy in cash a home for yourself, right? Like in cash all by yourself. And then what? Like, uh, because you're going to be, you're going to be bidding against it, against somebody else. And that somebody else has got an approval for a mortgage that is going to be either higher or lower. And that's, that's what shoots up the cost of the houses. Uh On top of that, going back to like the idea of the divorce aspect, Right. So if you've got these two people, they're separated. They only come home when they're tired and like annoyed at the end of the night, both of them tired and annoyed. And they come back together and it's like, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to go get the kid, take the kids to, you know, to soccer practice. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And you get this resentment that's built. The whole thing is an attack on the family. The whole thing is an attack on the family. And, and like you watch like Mad Men. Or you see like old, you hear about old timey, like university times. It's like, oh, we didn't let our women get uh, educated. It's like, no, that's not how it worked. Don't, don't start thinking that there was like, how dare you teach that girl to read? You know, that wasn't a thing. But what was a thing is that a lot of times they would go to university to meet a husband or they get uh-huh. into the work first to meet a husband. You watch Mad Men, the AMC uh-huh. Mad Men. And like, what was it? Those a lot of them are the type of book. Yeah. They're just there to meet a husband so they don't have to work anymore. And, and the thing is, is that like, and I'll volunteer if some doctor woman wants to marry me and make me a stay at home husband, I'll fucking do it. Ah, like, you won't. It's miserable. It it's miserable. You don't, it doesn't you, you, but you hate I, it. Quickly. Uh, no, I, I, if you, I think raising a family is, would be the most fulfilling thing you could do if you it like is. actually it is had when the rules a hand are done, in right. it. Uh, yeah. Cause like, okay. So like when we moved back to Canada, right. When we moved back to Canada, my wife and I had a thing where it was like, oh, look, now we're both going to go and try to get some work because we needed to get work right away. Whoever gets a job first goes to work and the other person stays home and, and raises our son at the time. I love my son. I, I Don't get me wrong. I, I love hanging out with him, doing all that kind of stuff. It's just that like men are built for out of work. If that makes sense. We're, we're destined. Our domain is outside the house. All the bills, all the, the, the errands outside of the house, that kind of stuff is our domain. The inside the house is, is, um, uh, is, is more for the, for the, for the mother, for the, for the mom, right? Like, I mean, that's why we defer. It's like, Oh, you know, like they, they're, they're nesting, they're making the house nice. They're doing all those. I'm not trying to be sexist about it. It's just, we have impulse to go and do these things, right? Like we have, I got to get the car fixed. Okay. Who's going to do it? I am. I'm going to go get the car fixed, right? Like that's just the way it is. It's not because I like it. It's just because I'm more biologically like programmed to handle those kind of things. Whereas 
when it comes to like in my, uh, in my bedroom or something like that, like, you know, Oh, oh I, I, I missed the laundry basket. Like, and my brain goes into like blind mode. I don't even see the mess. She does. I don't. That's just, that's just the way it is. I, I, not every guy's like me, but like a lot of them are. And, and the thing is, is like, I, again, like I love hanging out with my son. I love hanging out with my daughter, but my wife has this natural skill set that works so much better where she's, because she, we homeschool, like she doesn't, we, we pulled her out of the workforce, right? Like she, she had a job. She had a job when we were in Calgary, she had a job and I was making more and more. And every time that she would go in, I would have to watch my daughter while she went into work because why pay for a, a, a daycare or something like that when we've got somebody there. But at the time I was doing piecework. So the thing was, is we kind of looked at each other. I was like, look, like, every time you go to work, you make such and such amount of money and I got to work. Uh, I don't work on those days. So I turned that down, but in one day I can make more money than y- you do in the whole month. And so like, just let me work and we, we, everybody wins. And that's kind of what, what ended up happening. And our life is like way better. Like it was great then, but it's like way better when we, only one of us is working and it's great. I, I, I know my situation is completely at work from home. I, every, every meal, almost every meal of my life I have with my family. I have my breakfast with my family. I have my lunch with my family. I have my dinner with my family. My family is always, my family is, you know, 20 paces that way. And, and they're always around and I get to hang out with them. My, my marriage is super strong. And, and like, the other thing is, is like, um, you take the, the it actually also has an effect on voting. Right. Because if you take the woman on a, uh, into the work, workforce, right. Because like a family unit, like you talk about the issues together, you, you, you hatch a plan together, you have a family strategy together. But if you're like always going to different places, you're going to have different influences. You're going to vote different. My vote would, you know, our votes would cancel each other out. And that's what mm-hmm. we've seen. We've seen that. There's, there were so many stories of like, you know, um, I made my husband sleep on the couch because he voted for Trump and blah, blah, blah. And this is like, it, it's bullshit, but like it, it happens. And yeah, man, both parties working. My, uh, my sister's an, uh, an expert. She's, she's an expert in this field. She works, she works in that, in that field of, of, uh, divorce stuff. And like, she knows, she knows like this is, this is the case. The place like, and it is, a huge problem. The other thing is, is like jealousy. Jealousy comes in where it's like, you know, where, where that you've got spouses competing with each other over who can, you know, get the most clout in their work or the most, make the most, be the bread maker or breadwinner or who can, you know, like it's, 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 it's obnoxious. Yeah. And it, it, it totally takes everything away from like, look, man, like we had it better when it was the man goes out and works and brings home the, uh, he brings home, brings home the resources and the wife tends the resources and allocates the resources. And you have this, this, this yin and yang, you have this like perfect balance. And it, and it's, it, it's, it's always going to work. That's, that's the way it's always going to, you're going to have stress. You're going to have stress. Like, Oh, you know, the, the husband gets laid off and then you got to do something about it. But like in an ideal world setting, yeah, the, 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 the wife is at home helping to raise the kids and not somebody else. That's yeah. the other thing. It's like not somebody else. Like our general, okay. Your generation was after mine. There were more yeah. divorced parents in your generation than in mine. There were already more in my generation than were in my parents generation. And there are more in my like younger siblings than there will, there will be in mine. Yeah. It's and, insanity. 
Mm-hmm. It's insanity. And like, and now divorce, they're both, now both parents are like having to maintain a residence and provide a certain amount for the children. And so, yeah, they're, they're then great both for the fighting economy. uphill. Yeah. Great for the economy. You got two, two apartments you got to take care of or two homes. You got two sets of, of vehicles. You got two TVs, two internet bills, two, two yeah. electricity bills, two water bills, two phone bills. Like it's, and the crazy. husband, the husband is undercut because he has to pay for a portion of that back to the, to yeah, the wife. Somebody you, else in the middle. Despite takes if a, that person makes, uh, makes more money. My, my, my last point, on this is so you know you have divorce you have inflation and then you have make work which is mm. oh, we have really we've really turned the job pool into and especially in the United States we've like demonized skilled labor and promoted unskilled labor and promoted like these departments and middle management and David Graeber's bullshit jobs where we just we need a place to kind of put these people where they they can be out of the way but they need to earn a certain amount of money so that the system doesn't fall apart. And so a great example of this is HR departments. Oh, we're yeah. always we're yeah. always like there's this whole like oh there's the income disparity, the wage gap, women a woman makes 77 cents for every dollar a man, a man yeah. makes equal pay for equal work and that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah I agree, equal pay for equal work, but the the fact of the matter work. is that like when you control for all those factors, the, the wage gap pretty much disappears. It's down to like 3% or less. No, it and, goes the other way. In fact, in, in, yeah. in a lot of the studies, it goes the other way. And then, then we, don't, we don't talk about that because we got to live the lie. But you know? uh, a great example of this is HR departments, which just, which are overwhelmingly women. You know, they're, they're somewhere in 90 to 95% women, typically in any HR department. They're usually completely oversized, you know, you'll have a third of a fortune 500 company, a third or more will be dedicated to human resources, which is like higher, you know, hiring and internal employee disputes and firing. And really they just work to CYA for the corporation so that when they do fire you, they can go like, well, we have this process of firing a person the way did it. So you can't, you know, claim workman's comp or you can't uh, sue us for wrongful termination. And they will like, they create rules to justify their existence and then they will, you know, they will use their biases to investigate a claim and diminish a a person. You know, there are, there are thousands of stories online about a guy getting sent to HR because he wasn't like, didn't treat his female employee or female supervisor or female coworker like a dog and like rub her head and act super pleased to see her all the time. And then she, or he said something the wrong way and it was interpreted incorrectly. And then that goes to an HR person. And, you know, especially in like tech, uh, or engineering where you get these guys that are like socially awkward and they're, they're really smart. They've got a lot going on in their head, but they're just like, they're just not meant to fucking interact with people. And they interact with that one person weirdly. And then they get complained about and they get booted out. And then, so that's why we're seeing this like move for, Oh, we have to diversify and get diversity and inclusion and get these people in here. And, um, I don't think any of it, 
adds to our productivity in any way. And I feel like these, you know, if you just, if every company in the world got rid of their HR department, I think their HR problems would be solved because those people are like spreading gossip and, and bickering and cre- making work for people to hoops to jump through. Oh, you need to take this little training. You need to do this little thing. And then I sit mm-hmm. at my computer and I'm like, tab took the mandatory. Here's where I don't get training. Bing. El Chaco took the mandatory. Here's where I don't get training. Bing. No, Buck did not finish his yeah. mandatory. Here's how I get training. Let me send an email to his supervisor. Clackety, 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 send. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it's just like that. That is, if we didn't, if we didn't have women in the workforce, probably wouldn't need to have like mandatory sexual harassment training. Uh, the, the, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not, it's just. Well, and here's the other thing from a, from a value point of view, because like you were saying about like equal pay for equal work or equal, I, I would say equal pay for equal output would mm-hmm. be because it's like, yeah, you and I both are working on conveyor belt or whatever. And it's like, I'm doing technically the same job and I'm spending technically the same amount of time in front of this. But if I'm like worth more to the company to like send this off that way, then, you know, like then I should get paid more if, yes. if, if I, but, but also to, I should go and ask for more pay. And so there's the other side of the issue, which my sister brought up. Female women don't ask for raises as much. And, and they don't like, like confrontation. They, they don't like, well, they're going to do it through the HR department, but like mm. if it's on their side, but like from, from, okay. So for example, like, I mean, like in my work, I dictate my own, my own prices. People ask me all the time, what do you charge? What do you charge? Right. And I tell them what I charge. Yeah. And my charge fluctuates depending on like what I do, what the, what the job is and stuff like that. But like, if there's a, like, and I've, I've, I've actually trained a uh, uh, long time ago. I trained a girl uh, to do what I do. And like, what ended up happening is like, she just kept undercutting her. She had like low self-esteem about it, a little mousy about it and like undercut like the price all the time. So for like another year, I had to like drop my prices because like she was working in the same pools, even though I was doing a better quality. Yeah. Oh no. Chaco. Chaco. They used her as a bargaining chip uh, against. Uh, So the last thing you said, even you were in the same pools, even though I did better quality. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that happens. That happens. And so like, it it sucks for everybody. Cause like, that's the other thing. Nobody wins. And there's that whole thing of like, that there's that meme of like, you know, uh, I'm not going to like stay at home and do a bunch of work so that I can like, you know, give a uh, value to my husband, you know, for he, well, he makes money, but I'm going to go to work and like work for some other dude and help him make money for his. you're cucking at that point. Like your wife is making somebody else more money than, than you're worth. Like if you're paying out these things, it's just ridiculous. And, and like, um, I had another point I wanted to bring up about it. It was uh, the idea of work spouses. Like you brought it up before, but like there's this yeah. this concept. Have you heard about work spouses? Where it's like, oh, you yeah. know, you get to work and you go out for work, you go out for lunch with the same person and they just happen to be the other sex and you confide in them and you're like, oh, I'm thinking about getting a, a present for my wife for her birthday. And you get a suggestion and one thing leads to another and you got to go on like a, you know, like the Simpsons, Homer Simpson going on the, the convention with Mindy and ends up, you know, like those kind of things happen. It's like, 
that that is a that is a real thing that happens in in workplaces all over the place. Well, what's and, funny uh, is that that has like transcended now, right? So my my friend, I have a really good friend, and his wife referred to me as his work boyfriend. And yeah. and then like because we're the same sex, we can't just be like good friends, close friends, <laughs> you know. Because yeah. our relationship definitely transcended being at work together. Like we started to right. be friends outside of work and we're, we're still very good friends now. And, right. um, but like the whole idea of, Oh, work husband, work wife. Well, yeah. now, now you have like this gay relationship thing going on. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, cause, you know, cause you have a buddy not, not really, I'm not really interested in any, like there, there is absolutely zero chance of us getting together because he is primarily and only attracted to women and I'm only attracted to women, but we just like, like to talk primarily. because we're two guys. Well, I don't yeah. know if he's like, I don't know if he's a super straight. I'm a super straight. I don't know if he's a super straight. Fair enough. Uh, Good issue, man. And I, I like yeah. how you couched it because we went in different directions on that because, you know, like I, I got my, my traditional side of it. It's like, yeah, it's just better for everybody. It's better for the, for the household, but you, you actually came at it. You came at the same, same issue on that, just yeah. a slightly different direction than I would have taken it. But we actually, we, I agree with you on every one of the points you made on this one. Yeah. Issue. And I'm not, I'm not like, I don't, I, I, you know, like you were talking about, you used, women used to go to university or get jobs to, you know, to be, find a dating pool, to be exposed to someone. I don't think they should just like send every woman home, but, and like, there are like there are women that are on my staff now that can outwork um ev- like there were women in Tulsa that would outwork the male stage hands hands down and that's mm-hmm. the same way there is now and you know if I were like choosing them but I choose them based on their productivity and like today I was going through and processing raises for the next phase of the season well it's actually fucking the fall because we're going into this renovation so everyone's out of work for a while but as yeah. my like apology when they when you get to come back and it's like all right we've got work again I went through and I was just like how many hours have you done since we last processed raises and I just like put all those hours in their sheets, sorted from highest to lowest. And I was, and then I, was, I looked at what the kind of like, cause there were, uh, what is it? Strata, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. these people were working, you know, these many hours, this group was kind of in this. And I was like, all right, all these people are getting $2. All these people are getting a dollar 50. All these people are getting $1. All these mm-hmm. people are getting 50 cents. And then, and it's like, yeah, some of these people mm-hmm. are maybe better quality at this or that, but when HR comes around, they're like, why did you choose to give this person a $2 raise and this person a $1 raise? I can go like, well, this person worked 300 hours in the last six months and this person worked 50. Right. And, and it's like, that's a completely objective measure that no one can argue with. And so like I've covered right. my ass from HR <laughs> instead of being able to be like, uh, you're a really, really great electrician and you're really, really great at leading crews. You really deserve more money, but I can't, I can't, like quantify that as anything other than my opinion hours worked right. is a hard set number. So it, it's, it, there's like a little bit of unfairness there, but yeah, the people like, that work a lot shitty at their work and they took longer to do something. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, that does happen too. Looking at that list, like I can look and go like, yeah, absolutely. Every one of these people deserve to get the big raise and right. every single one of these people deserve to get the smaller raise. Well, there's also the, the dynamic shift. I don't know. Like, have you, have you worked in an all male job before? Like where it's just all male staff? Uh, n- no, I think my whole life, it's always been a mix of, of genders. Oh, it's the fucking best. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just the fucking best. Cause you can call somebody out and like, no tears are going to happen. You can, you can be like I, direct. You can be low context society with them yeah. and be direct and everything's fine. And then you can call somebody out. You can, you can, uh, you can uh, joke. Uh, you can make fun of somebody without it being like a big, big deal. Like, and then like, and, and like, and birthdays don't require a whole a halt to everything for uh, <laughs> cake in the break room. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, that's, that's issue, my man. issue. Women in the Great workforce. Um, awesome. Be, cancel me. Call 704-750-9434 and tell me how you want me to be kicked off the show for being a misogynist. <laughs> but anyway, that's, uh, that's our episode this week. So thanks everybody for listening. Until next time, I'm Tab Burt. I'm El Chaco. See you guys next week. Ciao, ciao. If you want to call into the Here's How I Get Hotline, call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can visit us on the Discord and leave us a voicemail there. I've got one, I think, from the Discord today. If this fucking thing will click to save its fucking piece of shit life, thank you. I absolutely hate Mac computers more than anything in the world. Yes, hello there. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode centered around podcasts and since it was a request that came from me. The Spike Producer request came in when a podcaster named Carl screwed up his live show in New York and I want to get back at him for that screw up. HWIDG had survived the brink of death so I figured we may as well use this opportunity to pull a take that on Carl. It was that as well as that there are now ads in WADP. No offense to Carl. I respect his work and I'm currently working my way into getting caught up on the bonus episodes. It's just that his show became borderline unlistenable. It's hard for me to get into the current episodes without cutting into some pre-baked commercial you typically hear on terrestrial radio. Or in some circumstances, this makes the episode a little bit better help. Just, yeah, not good. <laughs> it boggles my mind why the ad feed episodes are not on Patreon. Yeah, Patreon has unedited streams, but still a hassle for me to take those streams and convert them into MP3s. It's for this reason why I picked advertisements as the biggest issue in the world. For better or for worse, I fear that pre-baked adverts are going to be the next thing for advertising these days. Now, as for that pizza guy weirdo, don't worry. I've been informed that he got his order delivered, but I heard he is now in a mood for some desserts. Eh, it's whatever. It's been an honor seeing you in Philadelphia, and I hope we get to do this again soon. Gagi! <laughs> cut him off. <laughs> uh, that was Dealy 18. Thanks again in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's great stuff, man. I gotta, I gotta catch up on this uh, WATP at some point in time. I mean, I, I, you guys talk about it. We based the whole episode around it. I've never listened to it. I should probably check it out at some point in time. Uh, and, yeah. uh get the and then next next thing you know, you'll be going on the show and doing your own stuttering John impression. I don't even know who Stuttering John is. You can have the best. You'll you're like you'll be right away. You'll be able to get the best Stuttering John impression in Paraguay. <laughs> I actually did that to my son. Uh, we went to this place called Sky Games, and um, uh, I love I love like you know messing with my kids. But I, like we went to this uh, 
sky games thing and they had like one of those like mallet like hit the hammer thing and it like you know to uh-huh. test your strength and like you know i i went we went to this thing and i ended up uh smacking that thing and and uh uh setting the record for the day right and uh uh-huh. and so the whole time i was boasting to my son i was like well i mean clearly i'm the strongest man in paraguay i'm the strongest <laughs> paraguayan in paraguay and he's like that doesn't mean you're the strongest like look like i don't see anybody else who hit that hammer as hard as i hit that hammer and so clearly i'm i'm the greatest i'm the strongest man in paraguay paraguay is stronger because we are here you have to understand that son and he he just wasn't buying it yeah <laughs> kids uh, uh that's tony i thought there was one for you that was in the back catalog Probably. Somewhere. Yes, here it is. Uh-oh. Tell me if you've heard this one. Hey, Tab. Hey, Chaco. Um, this is just, uh, this is player four. This is a response to uh, asking who listens to the Dick Show anymore. And uh, I still listen to the Dick Show. I'm a longtime fan. Uh, I'm not going to mince words here. The show fucking sucks these days. <laughs> the Dick Show is terrible. We're hearing about, I don't know, degeneracy and gay furries and stuff. But... I still stand by the fact that Dick is a great storyteller. And, um, you know, usually what I do is I'll listen to the first half hour of the show. Usually Dick's got a funny story to tell. And then the rest of it, I either listen to it on two times speed or I turn it off if it's, if it's awful. Uh, so I don't really know if I'm a Dick show listener anymore. Just, well, I guess I am. I just listen to the pieces that I like. That's really it. Um, as far as why I still listen to it, because, man, there's so many shows out there, but half of them fucking suck. Even sh- uh, COVID really ruined a lot of the shows I like. You just get all these people hearing their shit lib takes about the different topics of the week and telling me why capitalism is bad. I, I've, I've listened to so many shows, and I'm halfway through, I'm just listening to it, it's whatever. Then they go and start talking about fucking capitalism. Why? Well, these people are so fucking stupid. I don't have time to listen to their opinions on anything anymore, but... The Dick Show, that doesn't really happen still, you know. I might not like the content of the show all the time, but I could still get through it most of the time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, goodbye. Well, that's I agree so with him. funny. Dick is a great storyteller. In fact, like, I think, uh, I, I, I'm like Buck with the Ghostbusters. It, it's... Uh, I think Dick would be a fantastic wrestling personality, like a, like a, mm-hmm. like a wrestling announcer or a color commentator or, or a manager or something like that. Cause he's got the voice for it. And like, you know, like he, he is a great storyteller and he, he knows when to slow it down and to, and to talk real slow, you know, slow like this and then pop it into like his like big laughter and all this kind of, he's really good at, at, at telling stories. Problem is, is that, uh, yeah, you're right. Like a lot of them are degenerate. Like it, it, it was, a, it was at first for me, it was like, um, uh, it it was his gimmick, right? Like it's his wild and like uh, you know liberal, wild and crazy guys gimmick. And after a while, you're like exactly. But at a certain point, you get to the point where you're like, ah, uh, this it's 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 like watching your cool wine aunt, you know, like <laughs> who's still telling you about her 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 cruises and stuff. Like, yeah, it's yeah, and you got drunk. I got it. I got the I got the point the first time. You got drunk. God. Great, great story, Aunt Phyllis. You know, so like, what a story, Mark. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, 
I like how he says like it, it, it sucks these days. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I I've felt the, the generosity from it since, since 2017. And like, I, I just backed away. Cause I was like, Oh, it's, it's, it's the same sort of thing. He has good guests. He gets good guests. He gets, and he is a good storyteller and he's a funny, talented guy. So like, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot going for it. That's, I don't slight well, anybody for. And he has that really handsome banana on his live shows. A little strange at this point, but. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, and, and also too, uh, uh, he put me a point in there to, to play a four made a point about how, um, how like all these other podcasts, like make these like lefty turns and all this kind of stuff. Like, that's the origin of this, this podcast. Cause like when, like we talked about it with uh, when Tony, when we were doing the last podcast, like a lot of my favorite podcasts became unlistenable because they got all super political. And it was like, okay, like I could say, I don't like political or you can see a vacuum in the market and go and try to fill that vacuum. And yeah. so I, you know, to a degree, that's what this show did. And, and I thought the Dick show was doing, that was actually my, my, maybe my wrong take on it was like, uh, you know, like let's keep going in that direction. Um, and it's not necessarily like it's, it's two different vibes, right? Cause that's again, like the libertarian anarchist type, uh, ANCAP type of, of vibe. And, uh, you know, everybody's got their different takes on it. It's, I'm going to say this one's right of center, but I'm not going to say it's like, you know, extreme or anything like that. And it seems extreme compared to every other podcast out there because, because every other the podcast window. Yeah. is the echoing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's one from Sage. Hey guys, it's Sage. Uh, first of all, want to uh, say that that's a great fucking bit with the uh, interrupting fucking ads that you were putting in. Uh, I'm not that far into the episode, but that's fucking hilarious. Fuck fucking uh, Carl's podcast. I don't even fucking remember the name right now. Fuck him. Fucking that completely made me not not listen to it anymore. He can suck a fucking dick. Goddamn greedy Jew. But um, also, whoa, I want whoa, to whoa, whoa, fucking. Whoa. They're called people of nose. Come on now. <laughs> un- uncalled for. <laughs> throw in here's what i don't get why the fuck is this fucking semi driver in front of me uh, i'm i'm at work right now and i'm fucking uh near one of our warehouses uh and this motherfucker uh, he had at least 300 feet behind him and 100 feet in front of him and he cannot fucking get to the dock I fucking hate semi-drivers. If anyone is a fucking semi-driver that listens to this, fucking kill yourself. Like, fucking kill yourself. All of you are fucking Half our Patreon. <laughs> First time driving? Like, what the fuck? How? This is a 12-point turn at this point. He's taking more than five minutes to make a fucking docking procedure. That is so fucking easy. Okay, that's it. Bye. Uh, I just want to pull a page out of Tony's book and say, I disavow. We love our truckers. Truckers make this economy run. Yes. Truckers are like the number one consumer of podcasts. Like, yeah, they're, they're the best. They're, they're, and, they, and they bring you goods like, you know, yeah. like burnt cows from exploding methane factories. <laughs> uh, I like my steak. Well done. 
all the way done. <laughs> get out. Uh, well, here's what I don't get. I don't get when uh, two weeks notice for quitting a job turned into I'm quitting today. Like I, I don't know how many people I've had lately at my job um, tell me, hey, I'm putting in my two weeks today, so it'll be, you know, and then I'll ask them specifically, okay, so you can work until the 24th or whatever. Say, yeah, sure. And then I'll schedule them, and then they don't show up and ghost us, or they, you know, get to the last week or whatever, like, hey, I'm not coming in this week because of whatever. It's like, do you not understand what two weeks means? You not understand that if your job that you're wanting to go to calls me up and asks about it, I'm going to specifically mention this that you're a liar. Like I don't, I don't understand. Like, or for the for that matter, the fact that two weeks doesn't seem to be the standard anymore. The standard seems to be send the manager a text. Hey, I'm glad you you know hired me. Happy to work for you for so long. I won't be able to work after today. Like. Quitting, I don't know. It's just super fucking annoying that people will not either drop you at the, you know, just drop you or not follow through on what they said. Whatever. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. That's, That's super annoying. But I will say, I will caveat this with one thing. I believe that your notice should be, uh, proportional to the, advance in which you will receive your schedule. That seems fair. Yeah. Seems Cause like, fair. um, you know, I, I, were, I remember working in retail and you would get like next week's schedule on Wednesday, you know, so Wednesday you have the schedule for Monday. So you're talking about five days, in which case to me, five days notice should be plenty of time for you to find someone to replace me in that, in that kind of example. Um, <clears throat> the last, you know, when I worked for the venue in Tulsa, we had this manager, like, you could look at the schedule and go, okay, I, you know, we have a Broadway load in, we have an opera load in, we have a ballet load in, we have like this small show, we have this like one nighter. That stuff's all booked years in advance. Like these slots, even if you don't know what the specific show is necessarily, like, you know, the slot is going to be this type of show and you could kind of rough it in. And then as you get closer and you get more information, you can like massage it out. But he would give us our schedule. So Wednesday, we would get a hard schedule for the for the following week, starting on Monday, and then a soft schedule for the the week following, starting on Monday. So you know, we get we're getting like for the the soft schedule, we're getting ten days notice. We're getting twelve days notice for the hard schedule. We're getting five days notice. Right. And it drove me fucking nuts because you couldn't plan your life like. I want to be a team player. If I, I want to try and do things on my day off so that I can, you know, get as much money as humanly possible while I'm at work. But what I ended up having to start doing was I had to start putting in for vacation time for absolutely anything I needed to have off work so that he wouldn't schedule me on those. Like it would lock him out of scheduling me on those days. And mm-hmm. then I would just earn so much overtime that my vacation time would get refunded back to me almost all the time. When nice. I left that job, I had, I worked there for two years and I had like 140, 150 hours of vacation time that came oh, back wow. to me after they stole two weeks of vacation time, 80, 80 hours during the pandemic. So like I had a lot of time built up and um, so 
like when I took this job and it was like, all right, Tab, you have to schedule the department. And I was like, let's get to it. I have the schedule until September out in employees' hands, ready to go. Now, every so often we get thrown a curveball and we got to like kind of massage. And it's like, ah, this week's a little fucked up. Like, what can we do? Like, what can I change in my life? What can you change in your life? Let's find some compromise. Let's, you know, get this, these like a couple hours here or there changed and covered. And you know what? Everyone's super willing to do it. Everyone's like, yeah, no problem. Let's, you know, we can figure that out because they know they can go look at, they can look at that schedule and be like, you know what? We don't have much going on on, you know, May 15th through May 21st. You mind if I take vacation time? Fucking go for it. I'll, I can make this work or, Hey, I need to go out of town. I need to go to Philly this weekend to go see a live show. Do you mind covering these couple of days that I'm not going to be here? Absolutely. Like we're all working as a team. Now I wouldn't expect someone that works for me to give me like seven and a half months notice, but you know, in that case, two weeks I think would be reasonable. And I feel like they, I would get it because I've I try to be a communicative boss. Right. Yeah. Well, there's something weird about the two weeks notice thing. Like I get it from an employer standpoint, but it's funny because it's like, it's only when somebody is quitting to go to another, like usually to go to another job. Mm-hmm. And that two weeks is, is going to be the most garbage two weeks. You're not typically, I mean, sometimes you get a cool person who will like train their replacement or something, but like most of the time, no. Most of the time it turns into like total work for work to rule. And like, you know, I'm not going to listen to their bullshit anymore. And like, I'm guilty of it. I did it once when I was young. I had, I gave my two weeks notice and my boss uh, sat in a desk behind me. Mm -hmm. So it was constantly like looking at what I was doing on my computer to make sure I was working. He was like micromanager of everything. And I remember the last two weeks. (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly because i because i got a better paying job elsewhere but yeah. i i i uh um i remember because at the time like yahoo had like games you could play online yeah. like little flash games so i was just playing bowling the whole time and just like in this whole way of like knowing full well he's watching me play this and like he'd be like hey joel can you get to this uh do this thing for me now and like uh i'd be like yeah i'm right on that and just keep bowling <laughs> <laughs> like do it later. Cause I was so pissed at this guy. This guy was awful. You know, like he, he, he uh, actually, he made me uh, use up a, a vacation day cause I wanted to take the morning off to go to my grandmother's funeral. And mm. it was, you know, so, oh, but you know, like you got to make sure you're back here right away. And so like, I was like, you know, like still like, I had a very emotional morning and I came back yeah. from my grandmother's funeral and it's like, yeah. And uh, you're going to take that off of your, like, that's what he said. He said it when I got back, he's like, so we're going to dock that out of your like vacation. Pay. I was like, you're a dick, man. Like yeah, you're the worst piece of shit. But like, I've been the employer too. And uh, there's no like flip side. <laughs> like, so like when you're an employee and you give them the two weeks notice and you gotta like, you gotta work that two weeks. Like there's no equivalent the other way. You don't like fire somebody and be like, okay, so I'm going to fire you. But after two weeks, you're not, you're like, you're going to be out of here, pal. They could be paying a severance. Uh, Yeah, they often are. Yeah, they they, often are. Yeah. The other thing on the the two weeks is the whole like training your replacement and that so many companies don't value like overlapping. So they don't want to bring someone in, you, you know, to, who's leaving to like to, to, oh let's 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 hire your position out i yeah. gave 30 days notice when i left my job in tulsa before moving to st louis 
They didn't have anybody when I on on May 28th when I turned in my stuff. There was no one to replace. They had hired five people to like divvy up my work, but there wasn't someone who was taking my title and running with the football. That person didn't take the title until uh, December, I think, of this year wow. or last year. Yeah, and like shocking. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, on, on the, um, on the employee side is definitely like soul sucking that last two weeks, just be like, well, I'm on my way out. But on the employer side, I mean, like I can probably guess based on like, I see post after post after post. It's also a generational thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a general, it's a lot of Gen Z that's like bailing out early. It's, it's not, it's, it's just, there's this honor in the workplace thing, which the workplace hasn't earned. Let's be fair. Like a lot of the workplaces have not earned the honor. You know, it's like, like not like yeah. you have this, this, like this level playing field where like, yeah, I work for this company. The company respects me and I respect my company and we have this mutual respect. Those days are, they're Long done. gone. They're gone. They're gone. You are a cog in the machine. You are meat. You are human resource. And like that is, that is that you are, you're barely a person. And so like it, it does go both ways. And so I can see it from the employee standpoint, which is like, well, the fuck, why would I come in here? So what the guy was pointing out though, is like where my issue lies with this particular case from our caller. Is that you said you do it. You said you do it and you didn't do it. That's just fucking despicable. Yeah. And again, an expert liar. Right? Yeah. Like it's like it's another liar thing. Uh, here's another one from Player Four. Hey guys, it's Player Four here. So I've always wanted to learn how to juggle my entire life, and recently I uh, set my mind on that, and I learned how to juggle. I can juggle three balls, and uh, that's really cool. I know how cool. But at any time, here's what I don't get: anytime I show off my juggling ability, I always get. The same question from the non-jugglers in the audience. They always ask me, can you do four? No, motherfucker, I can't do four. Is three not good enough for you? <laughs> Is three not <coughs> I'm kind of sick. <coughs> Sorry. But yeah. Can you do three, you bitch? It pisses me off. I'm going to go cough my head off now for raising my voice. Uh, goodbye. Okay, player four, can you can you do three axes or chainsaws? Can you do three uh flaming torches? Uh is is that the is that the next upgrade? Is that what what's your next step, Val? Uh, I've been thinking you know, about I've been thinking about learning to juggle because my coworker juggles and above these lockers in our back hallway are like there's a bag that has a bunch of juggling knives and torches that someone left behind. And if you don't know anything about juggling, juggling knives and torches are very expensive apparently. And oh, there's really? also like boxes and boxes of juggling clubs. And it's like, well, fuck all this stuff's here. There were two unicycles and one of them fell one day. And then this whole thing, like, Oh, we got to find out whose unicycles these are. And, I was, and before I could be like, Oh yeah, that's looking- my unicycle. Uh, I, cause I've always wanted to learn how to ride a unicycle. Someone got in touch with someone and figured out whose unicycle it was. And it was taken. It had been a band. It had been left there for like, so the, the, that unicycle has been up there for like two years. Oof. Well, shit. I should have taken that unicycle. Three years would have been the, would have been the limitations of that one. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Like juggling down here, is uh, you see it more frequently um, at like traffic lights. So like traffic lights down here, that you're 
there's a lot of action at the traffic mm-hmm. light. So whether it's some jackass coming out to wash your windshield that you don't want, and sometimes they'll come in from the other side so you don't see them coming. So they already get the water on there like before, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. And you start putting on the like windshield wipers immediately to get them to go away. But, um, and then, and there's other people selling new windshield wipers. Um, but, uh, there's always, there's often jugglers at the, at the lights. And and like a lot of them are like kids and stuff and like, yeah. you know, and, and so, you know, I always have like this little, this little change jar, not a change compartment that I put like small stuff in so that like when I'm at those stoplights, I can give something. But I had a friend of mine who, uh, from Canada who, when she was down here, she had a rule. She was like, if they drop one, they get no money. And then she would like scold them on the way back. She was like, yeah, you dropped one. And then just, and I was like, and then like, actually like they'll, they'll have guys that'll do it with like the foot juggling. So like they'll have a soccer ball they'll keep up and do crazy like, uh, uh, tricks with that. But like my favorite was just a simple guy. And going back to player four, he had three. He just, he was, he was juggling three, he was juggling Mm -hmm. three limes and he was just, he was going, but it wasn't that he was juggling three limes. It was that he was in like flip flops and he was like doing a little like jig little dance afterwards. And I was just super impressed. I was just like, you know, like he was doing it. I was more impressed with the footwork because he was doing all his footwork and his flip flops stayed on and he was juggling and he timed it all perfectly with the, uh, with the light and he didn't drop any of the limes. So he definitely got, uh, uh, you know, he got a gratuity from us uh, on that one. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, I admire people who can juggle. That is a, it's a cool skill. It's a, it's a good skill. And, uh, maybe uh, I'll keep learn at it this man. summer. Yeah. yeah. The, I, you guys get jugglers and like street entertainers. We just have like people in ratty clothes holding up signs that say anything helps. And then they get pissed at you when you hand them the classifieds. Like, what are you fucking? You fucking anything Here's another one. Hi, I'm calling it at the pizza place. I'm warming. I got my order. You know, the best pizza I had in a while. It's so good. And I would give Junko fucking tab pizza for a five-star rating five times in a row. Now I'm in the mood for some dessert and. I'm very, very hungry for some dessert. A good pizza order wouldn't be complete without some dessert. Oh man, if I could, I could go for some ice cream. Like, huh? Oh my God! It's not a, it's not an ice cream truck. Get back here! I gotta order twelve ice cream sandwiches. Uh, so fat or jerking off? <laughs> <laughs> what I want to know is, was that sent to the Google line? Yes. Like, I want to know what that transcript looked like. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, clicked away from it too. Awesome. Uh, the, uh, did you guys, have you ever been to a place that has like the, the dessert pizzas, like the apple pie pizza or the cheesecake yeah. pizza? Yeah. Oh, we used man, to, I love I worked apple at, pie pizza. I worked at pizza hut back in the day and there was a period of time where we had the, uh, the dessert pizza. I liked it, man. Cause we even put the, like the icing and the crumble on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's another one from Player Four. I forgot to insert my incredible joke that I came up with for my voicemail because I was dying of coughing. <clears throat> so here it is. The only thing you can juggle is men's balls, you faggot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. He wins. He wins. <laughs> uh, the term is Bud Light American, sir. Not We don't use the F slur <laughs> on this podcast anymore. We've I'm going to go the... As- of Tony, I'm gonna be like, I, I, I avow. 
I avow this voicemail. <laughs> I avow. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Yeah, speaking of your uh, biggest problems in podcasting, one that's just popped up like just within the past couple of days. If you listen to any of the Gas Digital, like Legion of Skanks podcast or anything, uh, the one thing I don't get is putting like clips of what you think is funny shit at the beginning of the podcast that like took place, you know, in the podcast. It's like, I don't need a little fucking teaser. I'm going to listen to it no matter what. You're just, yeah. I just have to skip through the intro more now. So it's kind of fucking pointless. I'm not, you know, Tad, your whole thing with like doing funny advertisements is completely different because it's yeah. different. Yeah. It, it's fucking retarded. Don't put fucking clips of yourself at the beginning of the podcast. That, yeah. Our, our cold opens are kind of like that, but it was usually like, it would just drop us into the con, you know, we'd be having a conversation before the show about like whatever. And whoever's editing, it would find that, like where you drop in, you know, you say something unusual or funny and then there'd be the joke and then the theme. And then, and then this podcast, usually they would be at the beginning of the recording. Like you just yeah. be like feeling each other out and like trying to say what you could and see. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. go pull something in the middle of the episode and drop it in here. I, I, I fucking hate that. I may have done that like once or twice in the beginning when we were kind of like getting our, our feet feeling it out on the ground. But like, nah, at a certain point we were just like, we would be warming up, getting to talk to each other. And then like, we would be saying something and then all of, all of a sudden there would be that just obvious one. Yeah. Okay, that's the one. Let's just roll. Okay. The, the, I mean, you guys really should have stopped doing it and after the first episode because that was the best one ever when you guys – so Larry's like, so this is your podcast and you want me to introduce you? And you guys are like, yeah, that's that's the thing, Larry. And he goes, well, that's just fucking stupid. And then the theme starts. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. I – uh so I used to have this policy where I just played every voicemail and this policy has been abused. So this is the very last, this is the very last unknown caller voicemail that I'm going to be playing. There were like a dozen of them that I went through the beginning of this episode, all about nothing. It was, it was okay. funny at first. It's very, it's become unfunny. So uh, here we go. This is your, this is whoever thought, whoever was doing this. Congratulations. You ran it into the ground. This is Steve the Plumber. My number is 812-88. friend of mine told me you uh, had an issue you needed taken care of. Give me a call. And that one got played because it had the word issue in it. Issue, yes. Yeah. There we go. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give Steve a call awesome. at 812-88. <laughs> like, I edited that in real time like a fucking ninja. I'm an audio ninja. I'm an audio samurai, guys. There's a picture of Mad Cucks awesome. on my other screen right now, too. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's the episode. Uh, thank you to everyone that I met in Philadelphia this weekend. That was a ton of fun. I can't wait for the next live show. And uh, thanks to all the patrons for supporting the show. Like I've said many times, absolutely would not be doing this show without you. Sorry to anyone who wasn't able to make it out to Philadelphia. I hope you make it to the next live show. I try and go to as many of them as I can like squeeze in. I'm hoping one of these assholes does a live show this summer because I have nothing but time. Um, and thank yeah. you also to the, all the people who are in the live live chat on this. Uh, the whole experience way more fun for us. And uh, uh, it, uh, it does contribute quite a bit. Yeah. So if you want to be a part of that as well, um, one of these days, it'd be great for you guys to, you know, if you, if you're listening to this, just like in your car or something like that later on, 
you know, join the Discord. Discord. That's usually where you're going to get the heads up ahead of time, right? So, uh, you know, uh, if we've got the heads up to give you, uh, it'd be great to have you on. Uh, it it adds to the atmosphere. So yeah, I, I it truly was- appreciate it. Last week's episode, doing it like because we and we used Streamyard to record, but it was all in a private recording because I didn't know who was going to be where. It yeah. was so weird. It was. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, it was just like just the two of us kind of thing like that. So yeah, well three uh, and then yeah, but uh, what do we got here? I'd love go down to ASE presents. We should I'd have love- a. HWIG live show at some point, maybe someday. Maybe we'll do it in Paraguay. That way, no one can come see it. <laughs> I said Mexico. I said Mexico. I think. I think. I think a, a live a live show in Mexico would be the way yeah. to go. And then uh, a, a uh, segment at one of the live shows would be nice. If literally any of these other lazy bastard uh, co-hosts would show up to something. <laughs> <laughs> not, you mean segment, not you, you mean like a dick show thing or yeah so like this show that we did in philly i mean it started out with a dick show segment and then we went oh this is funny i didn't tell this story yet so the the show started with the dick show segment and then it went into watp and so dick is like all right we're gonna have mad cucks on the, the dick show segment so we did a there was a meet and greet before the show and i'm in the like the banana costume i've got all the crowns i'm in the cape i'm talking to people i'm signing autographs you know all that mm-hmm. deal House opens for the regular show. I go ahead and sneak backstage. We're we're hanging out in the green room. I'm like psyching myself up for doing the show. Come out as the banana, do the dick show segment. And then it's like, all right, the dick show segment's over. We're going to say goodnight to Mad Cucks. We're going to bring out Jen from the Jingles Department. We're going to bring out uh, uh, Tev from Here's What I Don't Get. We're going to bring out producer Chris. And so I literally get up. I walk backstage. I pull the banana suit off. I put my button-down shirt on tuck it in, walk right back on stage, sit down as the theme music finishes playing for the WATP segment, <laughs> sit down in the same seat, and I like jump into the show. And even at one point during the segment, I used the wrong voice, like I was still in that mode. And so I talked <laughs> as Mad I made like a point that I was trying to make as in Mad Cook's voice. And I, right. I even, I noticed it, I was like, I'm using the wrong fucking voice, damn it. <laughs> and uh, so... So then post show, I'm like talking to people and I'm me and, you know, now I'm, you know, regular me, button down shirt. And I'm talking to this one guy and he's like, he's like, you know, uh, you know, we were going to hang out. We were going to meet you in St. Louis because I was, it was someone that I had been talking to on discord, but you couldn't do it. And it's like, and and Mad Cucks is also in St. Louis. Right. And then he like, (laughs) he like pauses for a second. And in real time, I watch him realize you're mad cucks. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, I That's had no hilarious. idea. You know, I was like, I didn't, I need to go see, I need to see the video and see like how long it took me to go out and come back and like what, how disheveled I look. Cause I, I thought that I probably looked like shit with my hair all like matted down and sweaty, but, um, but yeah, so it was like a dick show segment and then a WATP segment and then a creep off segment. And it was like segment by segment. So yeah, maybe we can join them and do a segment on one of those shows. Or, okay, so uh, the other place that I can get to a lot easier is Miami. So uh, there's periods of the year are direct flights between Asuncion and Miami. uh, I think it paused. Yeah, Miami. Miami, I can get a direct one, like a no-stop flight to Miami sometimes during the year. So 
I don't know. Maybe that'll happen. One, uh, can I get into your country now without a without a vaccination? Proof? Yeah, think, they they just re- you know. So we just like the state of emergency ended this month. The mm. uh, emergency use authorization for the vaccine ended this month, and I believe they're no longer requiring vaccine vaccines to enter mm-hmm. the United States. Okay. So, pan- scamdemic's over, everybody. Woo! <laughs> for we now. survived it. We survived Yay. it. Yeah, until the next thing comes around. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that would be a way to go. I think, uh, uh, yeah, maybe if, if it's, if there was something going on in Miami, that, that might be, that might make a little bit clo- uh, closer for me. Cause like right now it's like an 18 hour to 24 hour trip for me to get to North America because <laughs> yeah. of the layovers and stuff. So yeah, it's not appealing, but Miami, maybe someday. Yeah. Since someday. Road rage, Miami. Let's make it happen. Right. Or, or or just a or just a wedge fest. Wedge fest. See all yeah. the widgets. Yeah. Well, Widgetmania. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah. Until next time, everybody. Ciao, ciao.